is the head teacher. As a close community, obviously, we are devastated by this tragedy. Both students were talented, hard-working and well-respected members of our academy. Our thoughts are with their families at this difficult time. We are supporting our students and staff in coping with this terrible loss. The taxpayer may have to pay half a million pounds towards the cost of policing the recent Bilderberg Conference in Hertfordshire. The four-day private event brought together global business leaders and politicians at the Grove Hotel in Watford two weeks ago with tight security. Tony Fisher has the details. Hertfordshire Police says the total cost for policing the event is around a million pounds, but organisers have agreed to contribute half that amount. The highest number of officers deployed at any one time was 241, and only two arrests were made. Police are now in discussions with the Home Office around funding the half a million pound shortfall. The body regulating hospitals in England has been accused of series of failings and a possible cover-up. A damning independent report, which will be published in a few hours' time, says the Care Quality Commission failed to investigate the deaths of newborn babies at a hospital in Cumbria. Meanwhile, a housing charity claims first-time buyers in Milton Keynes have no chance of buying a home for at least 10 years. Shelter has commissioned research which shows a couple who start a family in their 20s may be saving for a deposit for nearly 11 years. And single people need to save for 13 before they even get on the housing ladder. Let's turn to sport then. The Football League and Premier League fixtures are announced this morning. Watford, Milton Keynes, Dons, Stevenage and Wickham will all find out who their opponents will be. Luton Town, though, will have their conference fixtures announced in just a fortnight's time. So weather then, we'll see the odd shower around. They'll become lighter, though, come the afternoon. Temperatures reaching 25 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. listener this is ian lee bbc three counties radio i hope you're feeling fine i had a, a, a wonderful night's sleep and a wonderful day's sleep three hour doze yesterday that's not a doze that's that's kind of that's more sleep than margaret thatcher had isn't it i think three hours and then if i'm being completely honest i spent a little bit more time in bed watching some television on my little nexus pad i know yes i dug that out And if I heard the kids coming upstairs, I turned it off so they'd think I was still asleep. Naughty, naughty daddy. I see them every day. I don't, you know. Lots coming up on the show this morning. As always, be good to have your input on these things, please. Including, it would appear that drink driving campaigns just aren't working. 156 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley in just 16 days. Is it time for a zero-tolerance policy on drinking and driving? Clearer food labelling is coming into operation, but will it stop people being fat and unhealthy? And as I find out that two female members of my team have got bought a new gadget, I need to know, have you ever used a Shiwi? Su- I was surprised. One of them is young and foolish. I expected her to, to get one, but one of them's, well, sensible and, and not quite so young. She's in the room with me. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. And the best way, of course, particularly now, four minutes past six when the lines are empty, is to give me a call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now... 
is it time for a zero tolerance policy on drinking and driving? It appears that drink drive campaigns just aren't working. 156 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley. And get this, in just 16 days... 156 people arrested for drink driving in Thames Valley in 16 days. And the figure is up on last year. Well, Tara Gungafel joins me now to tell me more. When, when did this campaign start? Not that long ago, June the 1st. So these figures are preliminary because the campaign doesn't finish until the end of June. Now, as you say, the police say 156 people, and it does sound pretty high, have been arrested so far. Um, last year at the same time, there have been 140 arrests. So that is a rise of 11%, which would suggest that some people just aren't taking the anti-drink drive message on board. That does seem a lot to me, because you always kind of think that drink driving is well, I think, is seasonal. It's kind of more of a Christmas works thing, but in the middle of summer, 156 in 16 days. Well, I suppose traditionally in the middle of summer we have a bit of heat and people think, oh, I might like a cheeky chilled beer yes. or I might like a glass of wine or something like that, just to bring the temperature down. We've not really We've not had that. that. We've, we've not had it. Arrests don't necessarily mean charges, though, do they? No, but the police will only pull someone over and test them in the first place if they do have a justifiable reason for doing so. So they've obviously looked at someone's driving pattern to pull mm. them over. Now, out of this 156, 50 have been charged, 80 have been bailed, the remainder released with no further action. Perhaps they were just driving a bit oddly. The thing is, people are still doing it. Superintendent Henry Parsons from Thames Valley Police says it is worrying that some people are still making the wrong choices, and, and of, of course it is really, deciding to drink and drive when there are alternatives available. Alternatives would be like someone else driving, getting a cab, getting a bus. You don't need to do it. That's the thing, you don't need to do it. It does annoy me, drink driving. I know, but... Uh, <laughs> It annoys me as well, absolutely, because yep. there's somebody on the receiving end of, of this, potentially, every mm. time someone gets in a car and has had too much to drink. Um, the fact that taxis can get expensive, that's no excuse, really. Yep. Uh, you know, people can use public transport, although a lot of nice pubs are out of the way, so they have to plan a little bit more carefully. Um, what I don't have, though, is the figure of how many of those charged were over the limit because of what they had to drink the night before. Yep. What I can tell you, though, is that the police are targeting motorists they suspect of driving while under the influence of drink or drugs, both on the way home from nights out and the morning after a heavy night. I just don't have the breakdown of that. Do we uh, have anything about the breakdown of who was arrested? Yes, 83% were men, which mm. is up on last year. There's actually been a 16% reduction in the number of women arrested. Now, the campaign, which is called is it worth the risk? And for some, I suppose, they really do think it is, or perhaps they're just not thinking at all. I don't know if anyone can plead ignorance over this, though, because we all know it is not a good idea. Do you know what the limit is? I don't know what the limit is for drink driving. I've got no idea. Yes, it's like um, 80 milligrams per 100 mils of blood. So what does that mean? What does that... Well... How, that, how, how much could I drink in a pub and then drive? It's very difficult, yeah. because it's different for each person, and it really depends on your age, mm. the way you metabolise, your gender. It, there are so many different factors in it. So 80 milligrams per 100 mils of blood. If I was 79 milligrams per 100 mils of blood... Okay, that is the limit, but I couldn't drive. I no. can't really drive after I've had half a pint, so I don't have it. Why don't we... It, it's very confusing, as you've just explained there. Why don't we have a complete zero policy d d attitude towards it? Zero to tolerance policy, then it'll be fine. Everyone will know the rules. Yeah, everyone would know the rules, but there is a problem of how you would police it in the first place anyway. Mm. Because what would you do? Would you have a CCTV camera in the pub car park and then the landlord has to remember who's had a drink and then if that person who's had a drink gets into their car, he has to check on the CCTV, have a look at that, phone the police. You can see that parts yes. of it would be very difficult. Um, but, but it is an option and I think 
well actually even though it is an option a lot of people would be against it because it's almost like what do you mean i can't have it i'm safe to drive on just a very small drink or i'm safe to drive on a pint some people do the thing i have zero policy i drive better after a whiskey some people i've heard that before the lib dems have got a a, um what do you call it when people sign things a petition that's the yes they have a petition in favor of zero tolerance but um judging by the response to it it won't be happening anytime soon i had a look yesterday 45 people have signed it oh dear that's not good um the road safety charity break is also in favour and you'll be speaking to them later after eight o'clock now justin dealey has been speaking to people in hemel who all agree with a zero tolerance policy i think zero tolerance but also think that they should up the age to 21 because i think people older are a bit more clever with, with the drinking yeah it should be yeah i mean what about you personally would you not even have one pint and then drive no give it you you want another one after you've had one one's not enough normally yes i do can you zero. tell us why um, well, but I think pe- different people, different sizes, whether they eat, whether they don't eat, have different reactions to drink. Any drink. So make drink. it simple, make it a zero tolerance. Everyone knows the score then straight away. Yeah, instantly. You don't drink and drive. Would you ever have maybe one and then drive? Years ago I did. So you won't even have one now? No, no. So who does have a zero tolerance policy? Is, is there anywhere in the world that does? Well, if we just stick to Europe, because there are different places around the world who don't like it, but looking at Europe, Romania, the Czech Republic, Estonia, Slovakia, they all have a zero-tolerance policy. Um, We talked about Britain's limit a bit earlier on, 80 Mm. milligrams of alcohol per 100 mil of blood. That's the highest in Europe. Um, Having said that, road accidents that have been related to drink driving here have fallen by more than three quarters since 1980 when we started having all these drink anti-drink driving campaigns mm. because it is less socially acceptable yes. now um but in 2010 you know there were still nearly 10,000 reported road casualties that were linked to wow. alcohol and 250 deaths so the number is still really high so perhaps a zero tolerance policy would make a difference tara thank you very much indeed well the question i guess this morning is is it time for a zero-tolerance policy on drinking and driving. I don't understand the... What is it, 80 milligrams of alcohol per 100 millilitres of blood? What does that mean? Am I allowed two pints? A, a, a pint? I don't know. Surely, to make things easier, it's time for a zero policy, zero-tolerance policy on alcohol. 10,000 reported road casualties in 2010 linked to alcohol. 250 deaths. 08459 455 555. You can go to Facebook as well and have a little argument about this if you want. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio.
don't speak English. Seasons. I love that song. Who decided it was macho for men to sing in a falsetto? We will never know. Fingers crossed. J- d- d- what's the gentleman's name? My mind is, is, is like a Swiss cheese this morning. I have no idea. Frankie Valley, that's who I'm thinking of. Thank you, yes. Frankie Valley's playing at the Royal Albert Hall, I think in June or July. My good friend and uh, colleague, and what a great guy he is, Justin Dealey, is trying to get me free tickets. For the Frankie Valley concert, that... I mean, I'd have to go with him, which would be the unfortunate downside to the whole event. But that's what I'm talking about. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. All looking excellent on the road so far today. Everything moving well and no problems so far this morning to report. If you're going on to the M25, the roadwork section is looking clear. All the other motorways across the three counties, pretty empty so far today. Good news for the tubes. We had a bit of disruption earlier this morning. Signal failure at Wembley Park has been sorted out, so the Metropolitan Line now running well from Wembley Park to Finchley Road. And Edgware Road Station on the Circle District and Hammersmith and City Lines has reopened after a fire alert earlier this morning. Trains are looking good as well with no delays on the departure boards. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Right, it's 6.16, it's Wednesday the 19th of June. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 150 people have been arrested on suspicion of drink driving in Buckinghamshire just 16 days into their summer campaign. Pupils at Hertfordshire School are being offered counselling following the deaths of two teenagers who were hit by a train on Monday night. In sport, England's cricketers are in Champions Trophy semi-final action against South Africa today. Coming up, do you remember Bilderberg? It's that big fancy meeting in Watford where all the big dogs in the business world got together. Who writes this stuff? Well, it turns out that the taxpayer may have to pay for half of it. Nice one. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week, you've missed things like this. It was awful, because I think my dad, I don't know whether he, I think he was the first celebrity, really, to sort of get sectioned. But there is a way you can hear it all again. I'm about to speak to Rachel Bruno. She was just 16 years old when her very famous father was sectioned. Go to bbc.co.uk slash three counties and click on listen again. All of our programmes are available for seven days, allowing you to listen to what you missed or things you'd love 
love to hear again. BBC.co.uk slash three counties. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Isn't it time we had zero tolerance policy towards drink driving? My girl, I spent uh, far too long during that song um, trying to shout through the soundproof glass here at the studio to hear if my team could hear me. It took five attempts, and I now have a slightly raw throat, but what fun that was. I suggest you try and shout through soundproof glass uh, at your work uh, or uh, correctional facility later on today. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. Hey, do you remember the Bilderberg Conference? This is the group of people that so many consider to be the new world order, the masters, uh, be- the master puppeteers behind the world and the way it's run. Well, uh, it's emerged that when it took place uh, in uh, Hertfordshire the other day, it cost a lot of money, the taxpayer may have to pay half a million pounds towards the policing of it. The four-day private conference of global business leaders and politicians, a.k.a. very rich people, took place at the Grove Hotel in Watford two weeks ago amidst tight security. The total cost for policing the event is around a million pounds, but organisers have agreed to contribute half that amount. Well, joining me now is uh, our conspiracy theory uh, correspondent, Justin Daly. Yeah. Good morning, Justin. <laughs> Hello, Ian. Remi- no, I wasn't here during Bilderberg, mm. so um, I can't say where I was for security reasons. So I reckon you were there. A lot of people thought you were there, you know. 
lot of movers and shakers mm. were there, Justin. That's yep. all I'm going to say. I am indeed a mover and what yeah. I like to call a shaker. Yeah. Remind us what Bilderberg is. Very exciting. Uh, founded uh, in May 1954, Bilderberg is an annual conference designed to, to foster dialogue between Europe and North America. It takes its name from the Dutch Hotel, where the first meeting took place. And between 120 to 150 political leaders, experts from industry, finance and the media, they're all invited. There is no detailed agenda, no resolutions are proposed, no votes are taken and no policy statements are issued. So effectively what we had in Watford was three days of meetings, including of course the Prime Minister on the Friday, where nobody knows what on earth they are talking Ooh. about. It's top secret which is why the conspiracy theories come out. Now, we met some very interesting people, Ian. Uh, in now, when you say interesting people, do, do you mean um, nut jobs? Um, your word's not mine. Yes. Um, I, I was there on the Wednesday evening. It was your word in the office yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Right. On the Wednesday evening when I turned up, there was probably, what, five protesters there. Somebody said to me, there will be 10,000. Well, even on Friday when I was there, when David Cameron was there, there was probably three to 400. Here's one of them. A lot of people with their conspiracy theories calling for transparency. This is Linda from Watford. Now, she told me why she was outside the Grove. It's just to enjoy the atmosphere and to talk to people about the Lord Jesus. That there is a God who loves us, there is a God who cares, there is a God who knows and who will save us from our sins and save us from this. Though we have to go through the tribulation when dreadful things will happen. I mean, a third or more of the world population will die, the, the grass will, will all be burnt up, the seas will turn to blood, the sky will fall out, uh, the sun will fall out of the sky, the stars. Though we know these things must happen, we have the joy of knowing that the Lord Jesus is coming. So does Jesus know what these people are, are doing inside that building? Everything. Everything he knows. And that's knows. evil. I think... In the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel was allowed by God to look into the chambers of wickedness in the temple. Everybody thought the temple, the Jews are so holy, and he saw, God allowed him to see in the darkest part of the chamber, they were all bowing down to the sun. And I think even some Christians may get revelation of what is going on there, but we know the purport of it. Have they any fear of God? Have they? You tell me. Not if they're caught up in this. be very, very hard. I, I would hope that even today they would have a conscience of what they're trying to plan. Imagine, Justin, I can't think of anything more horrific than you're having a lovely swim mm. in the sea. Oh, it's nice, you're on holiday, yeah. maybe you're in Spain or in Greece. Swim in the sea, and then it turns to blood. No. That would be that would be horrendous. I mean, that was Linda who was talking to me. Yes. So the other protesters wouldn't talk to me because apparently I was a paedophile. Well, and the reason being, because I work for the BBC. Well, you know it's part of the initiation. I know. <laughs> the, 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 there are a lot of conspiracy theorists uh, who think that the BBC and the media are all part of this, and we purposely perpetuate this miss they will think there will be people listening to this thinking that by me being dismissive of them hmm. i am working for bilderberg and yep. the new world order and i'm perpetuating that myth incredible when i just think they're actually bonkers yeah. what did the residents have to say justin well they had various concerns ranging from the cost of policing footpaths being closed and and people parking on the verges outside their homes i saw that myself here's what some of the locals had to say what i'm totally against is the mismanagement the lack of information, the fact that it's going to cost more than it needed to, and the fact that had it been thought through properly at the beginning by the right people, we wouldn't be in a position of every day having to scour the website to find out what's going on in our own environment. You know, I sympathise with people that want to come and just take a stand against it. I don't, 
entirely agree with it myself that these types of things happen behind closed doors. Um, it's the first time it's happened in a residential area, so hopefully it won't cause too much disruption. County have closed all the footpaths, I think 14 number in all, and to the best of my knowledge, there are no alternative routes to exercise animals. I think most people are concerned around here because of they're parking on the grass still. Yeah, they're parking on the grass. It, it, it is a very British thing, isn't it, Justin? That this new world order, these the, the Bilderberg Group, all of the, the evil that they could potentially be um, uh, d- d- planning and plotting, and that gentleman's worried that someone's going to pl- park on his grass verge. Yeah, there is that man. But this man, this next clip, this is Nick. Okay, now we spoke to Nick on Wednesday, and again I spoke to him on Friday afternoon. I spoke to him just before David Cameron arrived. Now, of course, we didn't know who was in that meeting because it's top secret. We don't know what they're talking about. No, but he wanted the entire Bilderberg group arrested. Just take a listen to this. What we're hoping for is that there will be very large numbers of people coming here to support a blockade to stop the uh, delegates from leaving and to demand that the police serve the arrest warrants on the uh, members of the Bilderberg group, the whole lot of them um, to be uh, tried at uh, Lake Climate Nuremberg for their war crimes, their crimes against humanity and their crimes uh, against the environment. Even though we don't know who's in there, you want every single person arrested and put on trial? We believe that the entire Bilderberg group is guilty of illegally employing the politicians to slaughter people in the Middle East, to steal their oil, their natural resources and their territory, uh, amongst all the rest of the crimes that they are committing. It's now all over. Was there any trouble in the end, Justin? Well, the maximum number of uh, officers deployed at any one time was 241. Uh, During the event itself, the number of protesters ranged from around 300 on the Thursday and Friday to 2,000 on the Saturday. There were only two arrests for minor offences, including one for drunk and disorderly and one for an individual persistently trying to enter the restricted area. And no crimes were reported linked to the actual protest. So hardly any trouble whatsoever. Half a million quid is being left for, uh, for the policing bill that we potentially could be paying as the organisers aren't going to pay it. Yep, that's correct. Um, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire, David Lloyd, he said in a statement that, that my intentions and the forces are to keep the policing operation cost neutral for the people of Hertfordshire. We are having ongoing discussions with the Home Office around other funding sources to achieve this and bridge any funding gap. Details of the outcomes from these discussions will be released as soon as they are finalised. Now, Hearts Police say it'll be about a month before we know the outcome of those discussions, but the question this morning, Ian, is if the Home Office doesn't pay for it, i.e. the taxpayer, then who will be paying this bill? It's a lot of money we're talking about here. On a serious note, that meeting did consist of some of the richest people in the world. Mm. They could have had a little whip round. They could have had a pot. (laughs) Pot by the door. Listen, as you're leaving, if you could just put in a, a few thousand pounds to cover the policing bill. It will If we end up paying for this, or if, if the local taxpayers end up paying for it, I do think that's outrageous. Well, I mean, you know, you, you look at the people there, you're right. We're, we're talking about some of the uh, the biggest people on, the, on this planet, and yes, they have made a donation, but uh, when you think about how many people are actually arrested, what, a couple of arrests, and we're talking about half a million pounds of, of, of that coming out of local taxpayers' money, people in Watford will feel, I'm sure, very angry about that. Justin, can you do me a favour this morning? Yeah. Shiwi. 
shiwi. Are you aware of what a shiwi is? Oh, what's a shiwi? Well, a shiwi is um, a, a thing that allows a woman to stand up and do a wee wee. We, we nice. can do it because we have the natural um, gifts. You love your wee wee phoning. I don't do, you? Justin. Read into that what you will. But there are two members of the t- the female team here yeah. uh, who have. Shiwis. Right. One of them, Kelly Betts. One of them is yeah. producer Tara. Yeah. Who is very, very sensible. Very posh, yeah. He's very, very sensible. Can you, if, could you find out yeah. if anybody <laughs> out there, so I'm getting a rude message typed on my screen. Could you find out if anybody listening to BBC Three Counties Radio right now, A, if they know what a Shiwi is, and B, if they've ever used one? Yeah, that's a great phone. Hi, I'm from the BBC. Have you got a Shiwi? <laughs> it, listen, Justin, I know you can do it. Yep, I'll do it. Speak to you later on. Ta-ta. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 as you drive into London through Boreham Wood, southbound already quite slow from Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner at the A41. London Road in St Albans, roadworks as you go past Mile House Lane and two stretches with works on the A40. First off in Beaconsfield, roadworks between Lakes Lane and Piebush Lane and then through West Wickham. There are some temporary traffic lights up on the A40 for water main work near to the junction with Chapel Lane. None of these causing delays yet this morning. All the major routes looking clear and trains and tubes running to time. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. 6.30, let's get the news and sport now. Here's Serena Farrow. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. An increasing amount of men have been arrested for drink driving by Thames Valley Police who cover both Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes. That's just 16 days into their special summer campaign. Pupils at a Hertfordshire school are being offered counselling after the deaths of two teenagers who were hit by a train on Monday evening. Meanwhile, the taxpayer may have to pay half a million pounds towards the cost of policing the recent Bilderberg conference in Hertfordshire. And a parliamentary commission looking at how to clean up British banking has recommended prison sentences for senior staff who were found to have acted recklessly. That's all the latest news. Now let's turn to the morning sport. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cricket first then and England are in Champions Trophy semi-final action against South Africa at the Oval today. Spinner Graham Swan misses the match due to his calf injury and is replaced by James Treadle. The Football League and Premier League fixtures are announced this morning. Watford, MK, Dons, Stevenage and Wickham all find out who their opponents will be. But Luton Town will have their conference fixtures announced in just a fortnight's time. Gareth Southgate's one of the early favourites to replace Stuart Pearce. That's as England's under-21 manager. It comes after the FA announced today. They won't be offering Pierce a new contract when it expires in June. Tennis now then and Laura Robson continues her preparations for Wimbledon. She's playing the former world number one later, Caroline Wozniacki. That's in the second round at Eastbourne. Robson though recently lost to the star in the first round of the French Open but she reckons she can raise her game. I find it a tad easier to play against high-ranked opponents because I go out there with nothing to lose but I think, you know, Caroline is definitely a tough opponent so uh, um, yeah, I'm going to have to play well. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at seven. Oh, 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 um, ah! Wait, I, I was just bullying the team. I was not bullying them, I was um, cajoling them. Not cajoling them, I was encouraging them. Hang on, here we go. Call 08459 455 That's better. No. BBC Three Counties Radio. Never bullying the team. Never bullying, encouraging them aggressively. That's what we're doing. Good morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up in the next 30 minutes, more on drink driving. Shouldn't we have a zero tolerance policy towards drink driving? Don't you think... 
It makes sense. 156 people arrested for drink driving in Thames Valley. What, last year? No, in 16 days. It's time for a zero-tolerance policy on drink driving. If you disagree, there's got to be something wrong with you. Are we going to get one of those idiots phoning up saying, well, actually, I find I drive a bit better after a pint of beer. No, no, I, I know, no, I know most people don't, but I actually do drive a little bit better after a little bit of booze. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I'll say it now. If you if you have anything to drink and drive, even half a lager, you're an idiot. There's something wrong with you. All of that and more, including shiwis. The two are kind of interconnected. Ever used a shiwi? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. This sounds like a fun track. They must have had so much fun in the studio recording this. <laughs> it's the tremolos. Here comes my baby. It's a bit misogynistic. Stevens before he went, as my mum likes to describe it, before he went all weird. Oh, you mean converted to Islam, mum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now a haulage business in St Albans with 40 years of history has been forced to close with the loss of 53 jobs. Bill Chippington Haulage had an 80-vehicle fleet, but is now in the hand of administrators. UK-based hauliers face increasing economic challenges in a bid to stay competitive. Figures from the Road Haulage Association show a UK-based haulier pays at least 37% more for fuel than the average European haulier. Well, Linda White is from the Road Haulage Association in Bedfordshire, Hearts and Bucks. Uh, Morning, Linda. Very bad news for the local economy, but I guess it's a, a sign of the times with the pressure that UK hauliers face. 
Oh, good morning, Ian. Yes, unfortunately, hauliers are under immense pressure at the moment. Um, and obviously, as you said, the, one of the biggest um, pressures is the fuel price. And so whilst the cost of fuel fluctuates, duty is the killer to the, to the hauliers. Um, and if you consider that on a litre of fuel, 62% of that is duty and VAT. So that has to be addressed for our hauliers to, to remain profitable. Um, there is another pressure on, on hauliers, and that's the lack of work due to recent recession. Um, <clears throat> and suppliers are cutting their costs um, to survive, and many of them have gone to the wall. Um, but quite often they'll cut the cost so much that they want a price that's below the cost to do the job. And with only a 2% profit margin, hauliers are finding it very difficult to have that flexibility to compete with, for instance, non-UK hauliers. You, you are lobbying the government to reduce the duty uh, on fuel for hauliers. Any progress on that? Oh, yes. Um, well, the RHA, in, in collaboration with Fair Fuel UK, are, are constantly lobbying Parliament. Um, and recently, the Chancellor stopped the planned rise in duty for September 13. And the Prime Minister has hinted that there'll be no further increases in fuel duty for the life of this Parliament. So whilst the stabilisation of duty increases may allow some hauliers to survive <coughs> um, the recession... For some, it's too late, for instance, Bill Tippington. Um, and that's why this has to be addressed, and it's a constant um, process. There are some people, Linda, who might argue that, that, that road haulage is quite an outdated concept, and we should be using other systems like trains, which are more economically friendly. What, what would you say to them? Well, I think every, almost everything that um, you buy off the shelves um, or from, from the shops, even online, is, is delivered by road. Um, and, and yes, that there are other uh, forms of, of transport, but, you know, the road system and the infrastructure supports the um, road haulage um, way of getting goods to the customer. Uh, has it gone too far, Linda? D d can we claim any of this back? If, if uh, continental hauliers are able to, to do things much cheaper, can we ever be in serious competition with them? Well, I think, I think yes, we can. Um, I mean, hauliers are or have been very resilient over the past years. Um, but we do have to keep lobbying the Parliament um, to, to lower duty on fuel. That, that is the main killer for our, for our hauliers. Linda, I appreciate your time this morning. That's Linda White from the Road Haulage Association in Bedfordshire, Hearts and Bucks. I said the word hauliers so many times in that piece that I don't, I'm not sure if it's a real word anymore. Hauliers. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hauliers. It sounds like an Eastern European beer. Uh, now, this is, uh, these figures I find incredible. We've checked and double-checked and indeed triple-checked them. 156 people have been arrested for drink-driving in the Thames Valley in 16 days. That's not in a year. That's not in a month. That's in 16 days. I find that incredible. Isn't it time we had a zero-tolerance policy for drink-driving? You have a drink, you don't drive a car. It's all very confusing with the 80, millilitres of, uh, 80 milligrams of alcohol per, per 100 millilitres of blood. I don't know, what, what does that mean for me? Brian's on the M1. Brian, you've got experience with drink driving, is that right? 
What, what, tell me the, what happened. Well, I've been out on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon and literally saw my car in the high street. My car was parked in the high street and I thought, oh, i better move that because otherwise in the morning I'm going to end up with a parking ticket because I'll be gone to work. And in hindsight, I should have left the car there and took the £65 parking ticket, but no, I decided to move my car. Um, police officer just pulled me over because I've got a thing like bulb out or something. Yeah. Check the car and obviously smell it on my breath. And how much had you had to drink, Brian? Uh, probably two or three cans of lager. Right. Uh, and uh, at what stage did you realise this was actually quite serious and you could probably lose your licence? The next day when I was sitting there talking... Well, I realised it was quite serious when I failed the breath test and they took me down to the police station. Right. And what did you say to the copper? I'm, I'm just moving it around the corner, mate. Oh, he said to me, he said, you know, you smell alcohol on your breath, have you been drinking? And I put my hands up and I said, well, yeah, I, I have. I said, I'm not going to lie to you. Yes, I have. Did uh, you expect to lose your licence, Brian? Do you think you deserved it? Brian? Brian? Brian's gone. Well, that's uh, Brian. Just got his licence back after nine months. Uh, isn't it time... That we had zero tolerance. It, it just... I, I never understand. Hey, the 70s and the 80s w- were full of boozy drivers. And the culture was different back then. It was kind of... Yeah, listen, I've had a few pints. Many, many years ago, um, I was in a car with someone who had uh, had a drink uh, and drove, and it was awful. And I was saying, I really don't... It was a girl. I really don't think you should be doing this. Really don't think you should be doing this. Um... And we did, and it was around the corner, and, uh, it, you know, it was fine. I vowed never to do it again. Never get into a car with a boozy driver again. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. is Isn't it time we had a zero tolerance? Brian, um, who was just... We just lost Brian there, but he was telling the team earlier on he felt very fortunate not to lose his job over this. And the consequences are huge, aren't they? Absolutely huge. Listen, there's a cracking story I want to do in the Express, but I want to do it a bit later on. Because it warrants, it warrants a little bit of time, this story in the Express. Let me just give you the headline. Councillor who says he had baby with alien lover defies calls to quit. OK. Now, if that doesn't keep you listening... I don't know what will. Another thing I noticed in the newspapers yesterday. Birds of a Feather is coming back for a new series. OMG! There was something like, I think, I may have got this wrong, 150 episodes of Birds of a Feather. Don't people realise it was rubbish? It wasn't funny. You had Leslie Joseph playing, she was the old tarty one, wasn't she? What was her, I don't even remember her name, Doreen or something? Noreen. Noreen. Nolan. What was it, Stephen Nolan? What was her name? Dorian. Dorian, that was it. Dorian, thank you, that's producer Tara there. Were you a fan of it, producer Tara? Did you, did you enjoy the, the Birds of a Feather? Was it your thing that you used to watch? I used to watch it a little bit. Because there was nothing else on. <laughs> oh, see, that's a sad... Why don't you turn the TV off and go and read a book or go and make love or go for a walk in the countryside? Um, I was living at home with my mum and dad at the time. That would have... Ter- gone down too that would have certainly... Uh, just telling this off, mum, we're going to... No, that would have been awkward. But it wasn't funny, though, was it? There were bits of it that were funny. I used to quite like it when Dorian came through the kitchen door wearing something ridiculous. I'm learning... Lycra with a hair heavily permed. I'm learning so much about you. One, that you own a shiwi and you look quite respectable. Two, that you found birds of a feather funny. Disappointed on both counts.
it, it changed though when the men came out of prison. They had to stay in prison. You see, that's the thing. They jumped the shark, I believe, is the phrase. Why would anyone? Birds of a feather. It will be coming back. It'll be on ITV. Birds of a feather. Okay, let's go through the list of unfunny sitcoms, shall we? Adam Glynn can wait for this. Birds of a feather. Um, keeping up appearances. Hello, hello. Are you serious? And two, I always like to throw into the mix. Forty Towers and um, Del Boy only falls and horses. Rubbish. You plonker, Rodney. Sibyl! Sibyl! Manuel! Ah! Utter, utter tosh. 08459-455-555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting to slow up in some of the usual spots. The M25 anti-clockwise, pretty heavy from Waltham Abbey to Enfield going into the roadworks section. And of course the 50 mile an hour speed restriction. As you continue anti-clockwise, it's very slow from the M1 toward Kings Langley, junction 21 to 20. And heavy as you go past the M40 at junction 16. On the M40, not too much traffic yet this morning. It's looking clear past High Wycombe. It's all looking good actually into London from the M40 onto the A40. But if you're driving into London along the A1, it's already slow between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Trains and tubes, no reported problems or delays. Departure boards are still showing a good service. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, would you agree with me? Birds of a feather, complete and utter tosh. Um, yeah, broadly so. It's a long time since I've ever seen an episode of it, but I wasn't a fan, no. Keeping up appearances. Uh, that was a bit more hit and miss, generally quite poor. Hello, hello. Didn't like it. Faulty Towers. Liked bits of it. And um, Only Fools and Horses. Utter tosh, isn't it? I don't know. I quite uh, like Tony Fools and no, Horses. That's the one I like. No, no, you don't. Let me ask you the question again. Let's see if you get the answer right this time. Only Fools and Horses. Utter tosh, wasn't it? Hey, hang on, excuse me. Yes, it was utter tosh. The email came through. Thank you very much, Adam. Morning, it's 6.47. It's Wednesday the 19th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio, you plonker. 156 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley in just 16 days. The figure is up on last year. Pupils at Hertfordshire Hertfordshire School are being offered counselling after the deaths of two teenagers who were hit by a train on Monday night. In sport, Gareth Southgate is one of the early favourites to replace Stuart Pearce as England's under-21s manager. Coming up, we'll be talking about banks. Should bankers who behave irresponsibly be sent to prison? 08459 455 555. Before that, here's the weather with Wendy Hurrell. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We start with a fair amount of cloud around and that is producing one or two showers here and there. We've also, separately to this, got some showers spinning off a bunch of them over northern France and we're at the risk of getting one or two of those as well through the morning at least. And they are the really interesting ones because they are thundry and there are some really terrific downpours associated with them. I think for the most part though we'll stick with the cloud and the one or two lighter showers that we've got at the moment through the morning. And then they should tend to ease off as we go through the day and some of this cloud will lift to give us some hazy brightness and it will take a bit of sunshine to get the temperatures right up there but I think some places will be higher than 25 degrees today but it's going to be feeling muggy once again. Now as we go through the evening and overnight we're still at the risk of getting some showers here and there but it's really in the early hours of the morning I think that they will become more prevalent. Temperatures overnight won't fall very far 13 to 15 degrees Celsius so a pretty sultry old night and the showers tomorrow again potentially quite heavy and thundery and they look like 
like they're going to move through in the first part of the day, giving us something a little bit drier and brighter uh, towards the end of the day, with temperatures feeling fresher, up to about 18 or 19 degrees Celsius. Friday is looking like a generally fine day. There may be one or two showers here and there, rather unsettled and much cooler for the weekend. That's how it's looking this morning. Thank you very much, Wendy. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... Great guests. Julian Clary. Welcome to BBC Three Counties Radio. Legendary Genesis guitarist, Steve Hackett. Supertramp frontman, Roger Hodgson. Carol Decker of Tapau fame joins me now. Great conversations. China in your hand is about the fragility of your dreams and that you should be careful what you wish for. Something very addictive about making people laugh is standing on stage and every few seconds getting that hit of a, of a laugh. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. So this this she-wee thing, I've heard of them. I know what it is. I think I even know what it looks like. I'm surprised that uh, 66% of my team, female members, of course, steady, own one of these things. Do you own a she-wee? Have you ever actually used it? Why would you want to do a wee standing up? I don't... What's wrong with the crouch? You know. Hmm, give us a call. Oh, is it more, too much more than a pretty face? It's so strange the way he talk. It's a disgrace.
just sharing our David Essex stories as that played. I like David Essex. One Friday morning to do a bit of music. Okay, let's get David Essex in. Kelly Betts, you met him. Make it happen. Make it happen. Can you do that for me? Can you get David Essex to come in? Speak into the microphone and then we can hear you. Can you get David Essex into the studio one day? Oh, hiya. Yeah, Hi there. I can. I'll do that right now. Can you, can you give him a call Hello, now? David, can you come in? Yeah, yeah. He's sure. coming in. There we go. That's, it's sorted. It's, it's with the BBC. We can do things like that. Should bankers who behave irresponsibly be sent to prison? Well, that's one of the recommendations being made by the Commission on Banking Standards set up by the government. It says new laws are needed that could see reckless bankers sent to prison. The Commission was chaired by the Conservative MP, Andrew Tyree. I expect it's a power that would rarely be used. It's a nuclear deterrent, but it's there. It's uh, a tool that could be used and which we intend should alter behaviour well prior to getting to that point. Well, our reporter James Alexander has got more on this. James, most people will probably think that sending bad bankers to jail is a good idea, but is it really going to happen? Well, the Chancellor has asked for these ideas. He set up this commission last year after a number of scandals, you remember, involving Britain's banks. This morning, the Treasury has welcomed the report. It's promising a swift response. This, an influential group of MPs, Lords, religious leaders, including the Archbishop of Canterbury, and they want a new offence to be created called reckless misconduct in the management of a bank. Now, this couldn't be applied retrospectively, so um, you might think this is shutting the stable door after the horse has bolted, but it could mean in future bankers who behave badly could go to jail. And what about bankers' pay, which seems to be creeping back up to astronomical levels that we saw before the banking crisis? Yeah, and the Commission isn't happy about the amount bankers get paid. It says their bonuses shouldn't be capped, as the European Union wants, but big bonuses should be withheld for up to 10 years. So if their bank then needs to be rescued in a taxpayer bailout, any bonuses could be cancelled. And the report also suggests RBS should be split up and it it, it wouldn't necessarily work in the favour of the general public, would it? Yeah, complicated this, Ian. RBS 80% owned by the taxpayer. The Commission says it's not ready yet to be sold back to the private sector and what they want to do is split it into a bad bank that holds all the problem debts and a good bank that could be sold more quickly. Now, this won't be easy. The Chancellor expected to set out his plans for RBS and another part-state-owned bank, Lloyd's, in his annual Mansion House speech tonight. And what's been the reaction so far, James? Well, some city types are not happy. One says it's unfair to prosecute a banker who may make a bad business decision in perfectly good faith. There's also a warning. It could lead to an overly cautious approach. Directors may decide lending is too risky and this could stifle economic growth. James, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. What do you think? Bankers being sent to prison? They do need to be held accountable for for what they've done. I know there'll be lots of bankers going, oh, it's not fair. Tarquin, it's not fair. It's not my fault. But... Uh, Martin's in Woburn Sands. Good morning, Martin. Morning, Ian. Martin, you've called in about television. Are you excited about the return of birds of a feather to our screens? Yes, I'm that excited. I'm going to take the dog for a walk. Yes, you, you, you go and take the dog for a walk and calm down. We get to see Dorian dressed up in inappropriate clothes again. Uh, yeah, well, birds of a feather was very, very mild and bland, but at least it wasn't as bad as Ricky Gervais's The Office. That was the worst... <laughs> 
TV so-called comedy I've ever seen. Hang on a second, uh, Martin. You're, you're, you're a lone voice in a, in a wilderness. You didn't like The Office? I thought it was rubbish. It made me cringe. Uh, I thought I was the odd person out, and I tried to watch it to see if I could understand it. But near, more than half the people I spoke to said, did you get The Office? They said, no, I didn't. It made me cringe. I thought it was terrible. I think it was meant to make you cringe, wasn't it? That was part of the comedy. Yeah, it was like Marmite. You loved it or you hated it, and cringing doesn't make me laugh. It's not funny. Cringing doesn't I, make me laugh. Is that, yeah, I know what you mean. I do like a good cringe. I, I, I found the law of diminishing returns with Gervais's series. I loved The Office. I quite like extras, and I thought that one about the tiny, the short fella was, um, was rubbish. I, 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 I would agree that this should be used with Ricky Gervais, yes. Would you um, agree with me on um, Forty Towers and um, uh, uh, Del Boy, the Del Boy programme? They're both rubbish. Hello? They both, uh, yeah, generally, overall, they were, they were uh, not as funny as people make out they were. Martin, uh, can I ask you a question? I'm getting looks from my team, so I, I feel I have to ask you this question. Are you a miserable so-and-so? <laughs> what does make no, you laugh? I don't like Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais was 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 cringeworthy, and cringing isn't funny. What does make you laugh? What's the funniest program? Program. Uh, hmm. We're struggling, oh, aren't we? No, I can't think of one. There we go. Have you ever laughed? No, never. Okay. Final question, uh, Martin. Ever used a shiwi? Uh, no. Okay, we're still trying to find someone who's used one. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Maylands Avenue in Hamel Hempstead. There's some water main work going on around the Duxons Turn. Doesn't seem to be causing delays at the minute. Speed sensors showing traffic through Hemel moving quite well. A little bit slow through Harpenden. It's looking like the sensors are picking up a little bit of a queue along the A1081 quite near to the station. It's not moving too badly, but definitely slow. Marlow Road through Marlow on the eastbound side of the 84155. You're going to find some temporary traffic lights for roadworks between Fern Lane and Sheepbridge Lane. M25 anti-clockwise heavy traffic into the roadworks, Waltham Abbey to Enfield. Slow then from the M1 to Kings Langley, Junction 20. And pretty heavy as you pass the M40 at Junction 16. Plus, definitely slow into London. Traffic building along the Barnet Bypass, the A1 from Stirling Corner down to Mill Hill Circus. Trains and tubes, meanwhile, running without problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much indeed. The next hour of the show, Shiwis. I'll be telling you about a councillor who's had a baby with an alien. It's a real person who's saying this. But more importantly, isn't it time we went for zero tolerance on drink driving? Here's the news with Serena. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, the headlines. Increase in men arrested for drink driving in Thames Valley. Secret conference in Hertfordshire comes at a hefty price. A new food labouring scheme is launched. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thames Valley Police, who cover Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes, say they've arrested over 150 people on suspicion of drink driving, just 16 days into their summer campaign. Overall, this year's arrests show an 11% increase on the same period last year. Well, police say they're targeting people on the way home from nights out and also the morning after. And there'll be more on this story as chairman of the lifestyle choice organisation Freedom to Choose will be speaking to Ian Lee shortly after this bulletin. 
Turning to other news this morning and pupils at a Hertfordshire school are being offered counselling comes after the deaths of two teenagers who were hit by a train on Monday evening. The deaths of 18-year-old Mert Carolan and 15-year-old Charlie Disbray aren't being treated as suspicious. Friends, though, have left flowers at the gates of Hartswood Academy in Borenwood. Peter Gillett is the head teacher. As a close community, obviously, we are devastated by this tragedy. Both students were talented, hard-working and well-respected members of our academy. Our thoughts are with their families at this difficult time. We are supporting our students and staff in coping with this terrible loss. The taxpayer may have to pay half a million pounds towards the cost of policing the recent Bilderberg Conference in Hertfordshire. The four-day private event brought together global business leaders and politicians at the Grove Hotel in Watford, but it did have tight security. Well, we spoke to protesters at the time about whether they think it's a worthwhile cause. We believe that the entire Bilderberg group is guilty of illegally employing the politicians to slaughter people in the Middle East, to steal the oil, their natural resources and their territory, uh, amongst all the rest of the crimes that they are committing. Luton Council says it needs £8,000 worth of sponsorship to ensure the town's Christmas lights are as good as last year. The deputy leader of the Borough Council, Sean Timoney, told Three Counties Radio that they have to make cutbacks. We've got to find £49 million worth of savings in our budget. It, unfortunately, it means the things that are nice to do have to go so that we can pay for the things that we have to do. Health campaigners have welcomed a new food labelling scheme to be phased in across the UK over the next 18 months. The voluntary system includes colour coding and nutritional information on the front of packs to show levels of fat, salt and sugar. While all the major supermarkets have signed up, some big firms, though, aren't taking part. Turning to football then, and the Premier and Football League fixtures for the new season are released this morning at 9 o'clock. Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage and Wickham will all announce theirs. And the weather in the morning... Breast of the showers will have dry though this afternoon. Temperatures reaching 25 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Serena. Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Wednesday. Which means it's almost virtually the weekend, I think, doesn't it? Kind of. Lots coming up between now and eight o'clock. As always, be good to get your opinions on this. I'll give out the phone numbers and the contact details in a bit. But in the meantime, it would appear, drink driving campaigns, well, it's just not working. How do I know this? Well, 156 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley in 16 days not in a year not in six months 156 people arrested in 16 days well surely it's time for a zero tolerance policy on drinking and driving isn't it 08459 455 555 clearer food labelling is coming into operation a traffic light system does anybody really look at those things would it actually stop people being fat and unhealthy And as I find out that two members of my team reveal they have a new gadget, I need to know this. Have you ever used a Shiwi? I won't go into details. Uh, I will later on, but uh, really, a Shiwi? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Put your name on it, please. Best way to get in touch, though, of course 
is to give me a phone call 08459 455 555 Across beds, hearts and bucks This is BBC Three Counties Radio You can give me a call, 08459 555 555. Is it time for a zero-tolerance policy on drinking and driving? I've been saying this for a long time. I do think, I do think, even if you have a lager, half a lager, glass of wine, I think if you get in a car, you're an idiot. You have to be. Even a tiny little bit of booze. You don't, it could affect you differently on different days. Maybe you're a bit poorly, you're not slept, you haven't had anything to eat. A small glass of wine could just impair your reactions ever so slightly. I don't think there's any justification for drink driving at all. 08459 455 555. Well, 156 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley in just 16 days. 16 days. And that figure is up on last year. The road safety charity Break want a zero tolerance policy on drink driving, saying England and Wales has one of the highest drink drive limits in Europe. Well, we'll be speaking to Break after 8 o'clock. But would zero tolerance actually work? Our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been out and about in Hemel Hempstead. Morning, Justin. Yes, hello, Ian. In a moment, we're going to be talking to uh, Paul just moved up to Toddington Services, but uh, when I was in Hemel, everyone agreed a bit like you, that, that we should be having a zero tolerance. Just take a listen to these people. I think zero tolerance but I also think that they should up the age to 21 because I think people older are a bit more clever with, with the drinking. Yeah, it should be, yeah. I mean, what about you personally? Would you not even have one pint and then drive? No. You want another one after you've had one. One's not enough normally. Yes, I do. Can you tell zero. us why? Um... Well, but I think pe- different people, different sizes, whether they eat, whether they don't eat, have different reactions to drink. Any drink. So All make drinks. it simple, make it a zero tolerance. Everyone knows the score then straight away. Yeah, instantly. You don't drink and drive. Would you ever have maybe one and then drive? Years ago I did. So you won't even have one now? No, no. Well, people against it there, Justin. You've got someone with you, have you? Yeah, I've got uh, Paul with me. Paul, you're a lorry driver talking about zero tolerance. We heard from three people there that say we should have a zero tolerance. Ian, back in the studio, thinks that we should be having a zero tolerance. What do you think personally, Paul? Um, Personally, I don't think it should be zero, but it should be very, very low. And that limit has to be decided by the government, in effect. I mean, obviously you can't even have one, can you, as a lorry driver, but personally, if it's the weekend and you're in your own vehicle, would you maybe have one and then drive? No, if, if, if I'm driving, I have none whatsoever. But the thing about having a zero tolerance, it's all about the morning after. Mm. Um, and like I say, if you've been out for a Sunday lunch, glass of wine, what have you, I'm not saying you're driving immediately afterwards, but around about tea time, you know, when... Uh, when, when will you know if it's safe to do so? It's a very good point. And um, a last point on food as well, because, of course, some foods contain alcohol. So mm. you think this is flawed, don't you? Well, like I said, your mum's trifle at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but it has to be very low for obvious reasons. Um, now, whether it's zero, um, I'm not too sure about it being zero, because you just, you're never quite going to know. You may not even know what you've eaten. So um, I would say very, very low, but not zero. Okay, thanks for your time. There you go. That's uh, Paul joining us live here from Toddington, Ian. Justin, thank you very much indeed. Joined now by Dave Atherton, Chairman for uh, Freedom to Choose and also Health Correspondent of the online newspaper, The Commentator. Uh, morning, Dave. Uh, morning. Break and other organisations are, are suggesting a zero-tolerance policy. Do you support that? Uh, well, it depends what you call a zero-tolerance policy. I'll obviously be listening. Well, zero-tolerance. Uh, what, zero alcohol consumption? Yes. 
Uh, no, I certainly wouldn't do that. Uh, I, I think the limit, 80 milligrams at the moment, is fine. And, any, any, and, uh, and can I all equally join in, or join in and condemn all the people that, who, that, uh, that uh, have been stopped and charged and what have you for, for drinking and driving? Can you explain what the 80 milligrams means and how much could, could I actually drink? It's about one and a half to two pints. See, it's, it, there's the problem, isn't it? It's about... We, we don't know exactly. There's no specific... Amount, it's so vague, isn't it? Uh, sure. Well, no, the, the government has actually has, has actually uh, done done some research into this back in the nineteen eighties, and uh, they actually found that if you did, if you did re- did reduce uh, uh, the amount of alcohol you're allowed to allowed to drink and drive in, um, it will, will be a case of that there won't be any less accidents. Uh, you know, for example, even places like Sweden, who, who, who uh, um, even they've got a 20 milligram, they've got a complete zero tolerance uh, reaction to uh, drinking and driving. But they still still keep the limit at 20 milligrams because often a lot of people, when they wake up, wake up in the morning, after sensibly not, not drinking and driving, have still got alcohol in their system. That research is, is, is 30 years ago, uh, yeah. uh, Dave. And, and in 2010, there were uh, nearly 10,000 reported road casualties linked to alcohol, 250 deaths. Right. Well, no. Of course, any 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 casualty on the road is no is a tragedy. Uh, Till about three or four years ago, about three thousand people were killed every year on the roads. Now down to two thousand. We, we Britain has the safest roads in the world. But we could make them safer, couldn't we? If we if we if you weren't allowed to have any alcohol when you, before you got into your car, the roads would be safer, wouldn't they? Uh, no, they wouldn't be. That's the point. Um, there, is, there is no evidence of reducing the uh, the, uh, the uh, drink drive limit. But, but but people's reaction time uh, is impaired, isn't it, when you have a drink? Uh, no, well, uh, uh, theoretically, yes. But at the level of, of one, one 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 to two pints, the, the, the difference is minimal from what from what I've read. I remember. Listen, I don't drink, uh, and I remember when I did drink. Some days I could have a couple of pints and be fine. Sometimes I could have a couple of pints and be wrecked. Sure. Well, I, I think you know. I, I you know. You know. You say if you go back to the fact that Britain has the safest roads in the world. But it, but it does mean that, 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 that within that limit, I would still be within that limit. Is the vast majority of people in this country are very sensible and discerning and don't drink and drive and and and, and don't get don't don't get to a level of alcohol impairment impairment where, where, where they are. But, but if I had had a couple of pints and it wrecked me, which it did sometimes, I was a little bit of a lightweight. Uh, I would still be legal to drive. Whereas if there was a zero tolerance, there would be no chance of me getting in that car. Well, sure, but, but, but the point is, surely it's, it's your personal... personal well, no, if it's, if it's legal for me to drink and drive that, those two pints, then why shouldn't I? Well, there, there's, I'm sure there's a lot, lot, you know, lot, you know if, if, you, if, you, if you drive when you're tired, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of other, fit, you know, using your mobile phone, fiddling around with, 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 with the uh, climate control. Um, uh, David, you cannot compare fiddling around with the, the climate control to having a couple of pints of beer before you get in the car. Well, no, it's about your personal... Come on, that's a weak argument, isn't it? No, it's not a weak argument. You're putting the AC on, that's the same as having two pints of lager. (laughs) Rick, come on, Dave, you can do better than that. Well, apparently, fiddling around with the controls of of, of your car, including the stereo, constitutes 20% of all all, all, um, crashes. And and those stats are from where? Uh, They're actually from uh, the British, uh, uh, British Transport Laboratory. Okay, well, I'll certainly look this up. But just in conclusion, Dave, you think people should have the right to choose as to whether they drink and drive? No, hang on. Well, well, no, 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 that's a slightly putting words in my mouth. Okay, clarify. Uh, no, I, I think I think the current you know, anybody who does drive above the current uh, drinking and driving eighty milligrams, will should be ashamed of themselves. Um, but there's no need for further further uh, interference from, from the government because there's no evidence to back it up. Dave, I appreciate your time. We have to move on. Uh, Dave Atherton, Chairman of Freedom to Choose. What do you think? Zero tolerance, drink driving. I, I, I'll say it, I think if you have a pint, 
if you have a glass of wine before you get into the car, I think you're selfish and I think you're an idiot. Because there are ways around it. Get someone else to drive. It's not... I, when I gave up drinking about nine years ago, I was kind of thinking, oh, is this, is, how am I going to... What's it going to be like? Am I going to be able to cope? Turns out it's fine. It's fine. It's easy. The decision is made. I'll drive the car. Yeah, I don't mind driving. Oh, wait, 459 455. 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, in the next 18 months, your shopping could look a little bit different. A new food label is being phased in, which will be on the front of food packets. It has the support of health groups and all the major supermarkets as the government tries to tackle the, uh, tackle the obesity crisis. The voluntary system includes colour coding and nutritional information to show off levels of fat, sugar and calori- uh, calories. Well, will food labelling stop people being fat and unhealthy? healthy steve miller is the presenter of fat families on sky one steve what do you think about this traffic light system on the front of food packets well uh, i've got to be honest good morning by the way morning I, i didn't i didn't actually know much about it until about half an hour ago and i i i've got to say that i'm pretty cynical and the reason that i'm cynical is that we have pumped out so much health education over the last 10 years to help try and fight the obesity epidemic, and and it hasn't done anything. Um, so do I think a traffic light system will work? No, I don't. And I'll tell you why. Because of, of 10 years' experience working with people with an obesity problem, these pe- people aren't stupid. They actually know what to eat. So, um, you, you know, I've I got to be honest, I think there's more chance of me coming down your chimney at Christmas than this fight, you know, reducing obesity significantly. What's interesting as well is some of the big companies, like Coke and Cadbury's, are saying, yeah, we're not having anything to do with this. So if, if, if Coke and Cadbury's aren't getting involved, it, it, it renders it almost pointless, doesn't it? Well, absolutely. And to be quite honest, you know, I don't blame them because... If I have full-fat Coke, then I know there's more calories in it than if I have a diet one. Um, Food choices, as I keep coming back to, are common sense. And also, the the other thing to add is if you go onto Google and you put in a search what to eat to be slim, you'll get over 10 million page results. So yet again, what we're doing is we're going to confuse people, we're going to pump yet more more information out there in terms of food labelling. And I've got, to be, I, I've got to be frank, I just don't see it working because losing weight is all about motivation and mindset rather than looking at a label. You know, when you walk around the supermarket, people putting pizzas in their trolley, they don't put pizzas in the trolley thinking, all oh, this is good for me, you know. They, they know the choices. And, that, and that's why I, I, I sense that this is a huge waste of money, especially in times of austerity. I'd rather have that money spent on cancer care or, or, uh, or treatment, you know, pump the money into treating people with life-threatening illnesses. Steve, I know you've got a busy morning. I shall let you go. That's Steve Miller, the uh, presenter of Fat Families on Sky One. He doesn't think the traffic light system is a good idea. It, it, it isn't, is it? Isn't it a little bit patronising? What does it mean? Oh, this food's a green... So I can have three of these. This food's a red, I'll only have one. We know enough, we know what's good for us to eat, don't we? I can't believe there is anybody listening to this who doesn't know if you eat pizza and burgers every day, you get fat. If you eat salads most of the time, as long as they're kind of healthy, and it's, you'll, you'll be a little bit healthier and a little bit slimmer. I mean, that's a pretty simplistic outlook at it, but that's basically how it works. 08459 555555. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
London bound, the M1, heavy traffic between Junction 9 at Redbourne for the A5 and Junction 7 as you come down past Hemel Hempstead for the A414. Anti-clockwise M25, you're still going to find it pretty stop-start. The traffic's tailing back a little bit further now from the M11 through toward Enfield, the A10 and the roadwork section, which continues from Junction 25 through toward 23 at the A1M. It's also busy from the M1 to Kings Langley, Junction 21 to 20, and from Maple Cross to the M40, Junction 17 to 16. If you're driving into London, it stop-starts along the A1, the Barnet Bypass looking busy from Stirling Corner down to Mill Hill Circus. While if you're commuting by rail or by tube this morning, your journey should be a good one, because at the moment there are no reported problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Adam. Speak to you in 15 minutes. Right, 7.17, it's Wednesday the 19th of June. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 156 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley in just 16 days, and the figure is up on last year. Pupils at a Hertfordshire school are being offered counselling after the deaths of two teenagers who were hit by a train on Monday night. In sport, Gareth Southgate is one of the early favourites to replace Stuart Pearce as England's under-21s manager. Coming up, we'll have more on the Bilderberg conference. It turns out the taxpayer could be paying for half of it. Nice one, millionaires. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've got a problem with a company, a council or an organisation, there's one man you should come and speak to. You've got a problem with a mattress, I gather. Tell me all about it without naming any company name. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Well, every time she tried to book, the trip was cancelled because of adverse weather. The JVS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Said send the receipt off and you'll get the cheque in the post. If you need our help... I went to speak to the man that runs this golf club. Email jvsshow at bd I'm just very pleased that you've got the money. And we could do the same for you. Thanks ever so much, Jonathan. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. It is good. Oh, it's very, very good. Definitely worth uh, having a cheeky little listen to that. Now, drink driving. 156 arrests in 16 days in uh, Thames Valley. I know it's mad, isn't it? Isn't it time? Drink driving arrest. Isn't it time we had a zero tolerance policy towards drink driving? doesn't make any sense at all. You're allowed to drink and then get in a car. It's a bit ridiculous. Dave's in Luton. Morning, Dave. Good morning, Ian. Should we have a zero tolerance? Well, you should, what we should do in this country now, we've done it on the cigarettes, is cover all this drink and beer and wine up. Cover it out of sight instead of going into these supermarkets and falling over these great big high stacks of beer, wine, every, at reduced price. Buy one, take one free. It's it's unbelievable that they're blaming all the, they do all this on cigarettes, but they don't do nothing on drink. I was, drink is the worst thing than cigarettes. I was in the petrol station uh, the other day, and I looked down at my feet as I was p- going to pay the bill, and they had massive, they were like two pint bottles of Beck's and Stella right by the till. We're going to Tesco's in Dunstable, and as you walk in, there's all these great big box well, up to the ceiling, I think, that you almost, you've got to crash into them to, to say, uh, buy this one, get one free. Now, why did they stop this drinking business and cover it up? Because that is, how much is that costing the, um, the National Health Service, like cigarettes? I don't know, fortune. Billi- billions a year. Now, they're not doing nothing about drink. And I always thought it was one point 
um, um, you'll be over the limit, then it's in your body for 24 hours. Yes. So if you have another one, 12 out of 10 hours later, you've got two equivalent drinks in your body. Dave, can I go off on a slight tangent with you? Yeah, a, yeah, you always do. But. I know. There's a story in the Express I thought you might be interested in. Oh, yeah, go on. Counselor who says he had baby with alien lover defies calls to quit. Oh, yeah. A married yeah. politician has claimed he fathered a love child during an affair in space with an alien woman called Cat Queen. Oh, really? Yeah, this is a real bloke as well. There's hold, a pic- on, hold on, hold on, there's a spaceship coming through with E.T. on it. He's waving at me. Yeah, E.T. phone home. E.T. phone yeah. La- Labour councillor Simon Parks, 53. He admitted his wife Jackie was not pleased when he told her about the extraterrestrial baby he had, uh, and he said it was named Zarka. Oh, he, yeah. He, he claims he has sex with the alien for... This is a counsellor! Um, well, all right, carry on. He says he has sex with the alien four times a year. What will happen is we will hold hands and I will say, I'm ready. Then technology I don't understand will take us up to a craft orbiting the Earth. My wife find, found out about it was very unhappy. That caused a few problems, but it's not on a human level, so I don't see it as wrong. Oh, good, good. Yeah, it's E.T. going back again now. But the thing is, well, as a lady said just on the radio regarding something else, they should have bring back the hanging. But it's for another little thing. Hang on, you want to hang? You want to hang this counsellor just for making love to an alien, Dave? Come yeah, on, listen. Well, love knows no uh, racial or intergalactical uh, boundaries. But hold on, Ian. Just talking about papers. The Daily Express two weeks ago said, yeah. scientists have said, yes." Two pints a year a beer yeah. can, um, can cause you all these cancers. Oh, blimey. Uh, two pints a year can cause all these cancers. So, hang on, we should have... This, I'm, I'm going to tie all these stories up in a nice, neat bundle. So, yeah. therefore, we should have a zero tolerance because it means there'll be less accidents on the roads, yeah. uh, there will be um, uh, less chance of people getting cancer, and there'll yeah. be less chance of Labour councillors from having it away with women from another planet called the Cat Queen. And it'll save all these police officers going around stopping all these drink drivers and getting on with dealing with proper crime. Boom. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a real councillor, dear listener. It's a real councillor. Can you believe that? Uh, yeah. He believes it. Man, we should get this guy on. Um, he spends hours uh, drawing aliens he's met and says his last encounter was this year while he was driving home from Sainsbury's. Whitby Mayor John Freeman said, councillors are entitled to their own beliefs. We're a non-political council. Simon is a very able and effective councillor. Yeah, and a complete nut job. A complete nut job. I'll let you know. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call about that or any of the other things we're talking about. I still need to find someone this morning who's used a she-wee. We'll talk more about that after half past seven. It's emerged that the taxpayer may have to pay half a million pounds towards the policing of the Bilderberg Conference in Hertfordshire. The four-day private conference of global business leaders and politicians took place at the Grove Hotel in Watford two weeks ago amidst tight security. The total cost for policing the event is around a million pounds, but organisers have agreed to contribute half that amount. This is what locals thought about the conference on their doorstep. What I am totally against is the mismanagement 
the lack of information, the fact that it's going to cost more than it needed to, and the fact that had it been thought through properly at the beginning by the right people, we wouldn't be in a position of every day having to scour the website to find out what's going on in our own environment. You know, I sympathise with people that want to come and take a stand against it. I don't entirely agree with it myself that these types of things happen behind closed doors. Um, it's the first time it's happened in a residential area, so hopefully it won't cause too much disruption. County have closed all the footpaths, I think 14 number in all, and to the best of my knowledge, there are no alternative routes to exercise animals. I think most people are concerned around here because of they're parking on the grass still? Correct, yeah. yeah, they're parking on the grass. Well, listening to that is local Lib Dem councillor Mark Watkin. Mark, uh, thanks for coming on. He looks like the taxpayer's not quite out of the woods on this one, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, good morning, by the way. Uh, yes, I, I raised at a meeting before the event with the local police my concerns about the fact that uh, it looked like we were going to be asked to pay a lot of money. And uh, I drew a comparison with the football ground when they have games against people like Millwall or whatever, and the police have to come out in, in number. Um, the football club is expected to stump up the bill, or the vast majority of it, uh, it appears that is a very particular situation for football grounds and other organisations like the Groves and the Bilderberg um, don't have to necessarily pay what the real cost of their uh, their event actually is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in a way, one should say, well, thank goodness they're putting half a million in towards it, otherwise it would have been completely, uh, you know, astonishing that we should have to find that sort of money but it still seems it sticks in the throat I think that you know the community around here has had to experience the Bilderberg conference and then pack, you know, pay for half of it you know, pay for the privilege it, I am yeah, scratching my head slightly much, yeah. I, I am scratching my head slightly Mark to wonder I mean, uh, these people that gathered at Bilderberg are millionaires at least a lot of them are billionaires why should the taxpayer pay for them or pay contribute towards them having a little jolly? Well, yes, I would agree entirely. Sadly, what you and I would like to think happens, what the law requires, are two different things. Um, you know, the, you can't actually impose a, uh, a charge on somebody unless you've got the legal right to do it. So the police don't have that authority to say to the Grove or Bilderberg or whoever it is actually sitting on this money... Um, Look, guys, this is going to cost you this sort of money. If you want to go ahead, that's fine. But you will need to reimburse. That's all what we would all like to see. But it ain't in the legislation, so uh, they don't have that authority. When do we find out where this, this extra money is coming from, whether it does come from the taxpayers or from elsewhere? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, I know our Mayor, Dorothy Thornhill, has written to the Prime Minister looking for a contribution from national government for this. Because in a way, it's very much a sort of national status thing. I mean, the Bilderberg Conference, yeah, it's, it's not quite a G8, but it's sort of uh, one step down, I suppose. So, um, some some conspiracy theorists, might, Mark, might argue it's several steps up from G8. It is the New World <laughs> Order, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I'm not a great uh, cyber-upper to uh, conspiracy theorists. I, I don't actually believe that they've decided to have the future of the planet has been occurring or will occur from now on. Now, let's just go back to that point. Um, I, I'm actually fearing it will come out of the, the, uh, the county's police budget, uh, which eventually means that we may have to pay more uh, in next year's council tax to fund it. Well, we, we... I suppose they were sitting on half a million quid uh, waiting to be spent in case somebody decides to have a contract. We know that we know the police budget uh, in that area in particular is is already quite stretched. Finally, yeah. Mike, would you like to see another event like Bilderberg being hosted at the Grove again? 
well, they, I mean, the, the straight answer is, of course, no. You know, it's, it causes major disruption. But I, to be fair, I don't want to sound like an absolute sort of, you know, boob kind of way. I think that the police did such a good job that those residents you interviewed, I think either before or just about during the conference, would now accept that uh, it was well policed uh, and on the day, and all days, their, their concerns were well addressed. But you know, obviously nobody wants to have to put up with all this disruption um, and one hopes it will only occur, if ever, you know, once in a blue moon. We certainly wouldn't want to see anything like this on a regular basis, that's for sure. Mark, thanks very much indeed. Uh, local Lib Dem councillor Mark Watkin, 08459 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Delays are building on the A1 from St Neots down toward the Black Cat roundabout, though it's running quite clearly from there down toward the A1M before it slows again around Stevenage and Nebworth. Luton not looking too bad, a little bit slow on the M1 though. London bound, there's heavy traffic from the Luton Airport Spur Road at Junction 10 toward the A5 at Junction 9, Redbourne. M25 then, patches of traffic anti-clockwise, stop-start from back at the M11 round towards the A10 and in through the roadworks toward the A1M, then from the M1 at Junction 21 to the A41 at Junction 20, and the anti-clockwise side is still slow from Chorleywood to the M40 as well. And indeed, down toward the M4 is starting to slow up too. It's busy into London on the A40, though the queues aren't quite back as far as Uxbridge, and slow in Beaconsfield on the A355 down toward the M40. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Adam. 7.30, let's get the news and sport now. Here's Serena Farrow. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's half past seven. There's been an increasing amount of men arrested on suspicion of drink driving in the Thames Valley area than this time last year. The area covers both Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes. Meanwhile, the taxpayer may have to pay half a million pounds towards the cost of policing the recent Bilderberg Conference in Hertfordshire. Luton Council says it needs £8,000 worth of sponsorship. That's just to ensure the town's Christmas lights are as good as last year. And health campaigners, as we've just been hearing, have welcomed a new food labelling scheme to be phased in across the UK over the next 18 months. That's the news. Now let's turn to all the morning sport. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Football Association has confirmed this morning that the young and under-21 coach, Stuart Pearce, will not be offered a new contract when his deal expires at the end of the month. The news comes after England failed to progress beyond the group stages of the recent European Championships. The former Tottenham manager, David Pleat, believes the FA should now change the setup and appoint two people instead. In the past, experienced coaches like Dave Sexton, Don Howe, Ron Greenwood before that would go with the under-21s and mentor a young coach and help him progress and gain experience as a possibility of maybe a future England full-time coach. And I think that's what we probably need now. Names will be thrown out, but I think we need probably a pairing. A young coach, maybe a Phil Neville type or a Gareth Southgate type, with a very experienced man. Meantime, the Football League and Premier League fixtures are announced this morning. Watford, MK, Don, Stevenage and Wickham will all find out who their opponents will be at nine. But Luton Town will have their conference details in a fortnight's time. 
England's cricketers are in Champions Trophy semi-final action against South Africa today. Spinner Graham Swan misses the match, though, due to his calf injury and instead will be replaced by James Treadwell. Tennis now and Laura Robson continues her preparations for Wimbledon. She's playing the former world number one Caroline Wozniacki in the second round at Eastbourne. She recently lost against the Danish star, though, but feels she can raise a game this time around. I find it a tad easier to play against high-ranked opponents because I go out there with nothing to lose, but I think, you know, Caroline is definitely a tough opponent, so, um, yeah, I'm going to have to play well. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Remind me to ask Serena. I bet she's used a she-we. She strikes me as the type. At least 66% of the female members of my team have used or at least own a she-we. Basically, what it does is it allows women to stand up and urinate. I, I don't quite know why, but that's the thing. Have you used one, dear listener? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give me a call about that. I know. Uh, classy. Very classy here at BBC Three Counties. Things, things are really on the up here. Now, after the President of the United States of America did a little stand-up routine. Did you see it this week? When he was in Ireland. I was, I'm quite looking forward to hearing what he's got to say in Berlin today. And American presidents have a history of making speeches there, which make the headlines. Fifty years ago, at the height of the Cold War, US President, President John F. Kennedy... John F. Kennedy's real name? Jack. I only found out recently that jo- John is like... You, if someone's called Jack, you can call them John. It's the same thing. His name was Jack. Isn't that weird? I know, I know. Go and Google it. If, if someone is called Jack, you can call them John, and vice versa, I think. Very odd. Uh, so, uh, John F. Kennedy delivered a famous speech in West Berlin where he said, Ich bin ein Berliner. I know of no town, no city, that has been besieged for 18 years, that still lives with the vitality and the force and the hope and the determination of the city of West Berlin. Today, in the world of freedom, the proudest boast is, Ich bin ein Berliner. Well, fast forward to today, and Barack Obama will make a speech in Berlin. It's Obama's first trip to the city since becoming the US president, and thousands are expected to pack the streets outside the Brandenburg Gate, a site where former presidents Bill Clinton and Ronald Reagan also spoke. Well, our European correspondent Duncan Crawford will also be there. He joins me now. Duncan, what's happening to mark this event? Well, Barack Obama speaking in Berlin at the Brandenburg Gate, as you say, uh, this significant location uh, where you know, many U.S. presidents have spoken before as well. He's going to be talking about the bonds and ties between the U.S. and Germany, the need for the West to engage in major global issues. So he's likely to talk about promoting democracy, climate change, ending conflicts like those going on in that one going on in Syria and what have you. Uh, but it will all be framed in the context of the location, the Brandenburg Gate 
a symbol of the Cold War, where the city was divided in two by the Berlin Wall just in front of it. And, uh, you know, JFK, when he came to the city in 1963, it was an iconic moment of the Cold War, and President Obama's speech is likely to reflect on the changes in the 50 years since that speech was made. Thousands of police and uh, security officials have shut down the streets in the city centre. Everywhere you look, there are armoured vehicles, sniffer dogs... Uh, railings put up you, got, you can't get anywhere in the center of Berlin today or yesterday for that matter so the heavy, there is very heavy security it's causing uh, quite a lot of disruption and uh, certainly some people I was speaking to yesterday were complaining about it I know of no town let me just try that again here we go there's police everywhere and fences everywhere it's insane oh well, I've never seen anything like it in my life actually you know we're from Australia we don't see this sort of thing it's crazy that they do it for one person like shut down everything it's kind of crazy yeah it's it's crazy it does begin to feel a bit like Berlin of 20 and 30 years ago uh, he wasn't allowed to the people haven't been allowed to speak at the Brandenburg Gate before have they Duncan uh, Ronald Reagan did Bill Clinton did but President Obama was banned from doing so back in 2008. That's because he was on the campaign trail back then. He was a candidate to become president and Angela Merkel said he's not going to be electioneering uh, at that spot. And certainly back then uh, he was up against John McCain, the Republican senator, and McCain uh, said that he was a celebrity, you know, speaking to a crowd of 200,000 people in Berlin at the Victory uh, Monument instead. Uh, this time, of course, he's not just uh, a celebrity candidate, he's a two-term president, and he's actually been invited back uh, from the invitation of Angela Merkel. What's the relationship like with Germany at the moment? Are they concerned over uh, the, the recent reports of PRISM and, and, and the US monitoring the, and their surveillance programmes? Yeah, very much so. Actually, probably more so than uh, anywhere else in Europe. Germany, you know, after the the Nazis and the Stasi secret police, they're very uh, passionate German people about their personal privacy and the uh, thought that the US might be able to access you know, their emails, web chats, Facebook messages and much more uh, means that there's a lot of pressure on Angela Merkel uh, to, 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 to basically get an explanation from Barack Obama about what is going on. So we're told she is going to raise uh, the issue. There is actually a protest planned for later on uh, where if you remember back in 2008 when Obama was campaigning, his slogan back then was yes we can. Well the which protesters are going to sing later on today is yes we scan so uh, you know they want proof that american spies aren't listening in to their phone calls no, duncan danke schön uh das ist sehr gut yeah it's duncan crawford 08459 455 call 08459 455 555 bbc three counties radio should we have a look at the front pages of the newspapers i'm just trying to i'm still by that story of that idiot councillor who claims to have fathered a child by an alien called the Cat Queen. Yeah, right. Yeah, OK, you carry on working in the council. We're just going to go and get the gentleman with the white coats to come and uh, sort you out. Don't worry about that. The Independent. Oh, there's a picture. Look, um, a police officer uses pepper spray against a protester on rear. There's a, p- a police officer, well, spraying pepper spray into a young lady's face. She's wearing glasses. I would assume that acts as some sort of protection. Not massive, but certainly would offer some sort of protection. Protests in Brazil uh, that began almost a fortnight ago in response to a rise in ticket prices on public transport sorry, have exploded into a nationwide outpouring of anger at high taxes, corruption and the cost of staging next year's Football World Cup. Wow. I'll, I'll be there. I won't. 
uh, and something we were talking about earlier on. Bosses of collapsed banks should be sent to jail, Osborne told. Britain's banking bosses should face jail if their decisions force fresh bailouts, the Parliamentary Commission on Banking Standards says today. Now, that's the recommendation. We know how recommendations are listened to and acted upon by the government. It won't happen. It won't happen. There's a very funny picture here. I say very funny. I'm lying. Uh, Daily Telegraph. Winning smile from Eugenie at Royal Ascot. Princess Eugenie. She's, um... Uh, Andrews and the, the, the other ladies one. What's Fergie? That's it, isn't it? What a lot of teeth she's got. As my wife would say, very busy mouth. Well, the, there's the Queen <clears throat> popping along. Eugenie sees someone pull a camera out, so she kind of just dump, jar, darts in front of the, the Queen to have her picture taken of her teeth. Uh, Princess Eugenie smiles for the cameras as she attends the first day of Royal Ascot with the Queen. Oh, and here's something as well. No place for God in the Girl Guides. Well, he's a bloke. You wouldn't be allowed in there. The Girl Guides are to drop references to God and country from their traditional pledge, but are to retain a public expression of allegiance to the Queen. In one of the biggest changes in the organisation's 103-year history, the promise to love my God is to be replaced with a more individualistic pledge to be true to myself and develop my beliefs. Well, that makes sense. That's a good thing, isn't it? You know when you do these pledges, no one actually really... um kind of takes them seriously. I don't think. Could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure they don't. But it's nice to remove the word God, doesn't it? Make it a bit more open. Uh, We've been talking about drink driving. 156 arrests in 16 days in the Thames Valley area. Surely it's time we had a zero tolerance on drink driving. Esther, what do you think? Zero tolerance? Yes, I do. It makes sense, doesn't it? Yes, but people aren't going to listen to that because they're going to do what people are going to do. And what's that? Carry on, on boozing and driving? Yes. But then, then it makes it easier, doesn't it? You know, I, I don't understand this, this current limit of 180, uh, sorry, 80 milligrams of alcohol per 100 millilitres of blood. I have no idea what that means. But if I know it's completely zero tolerance, then that, that makes everything safer. Well, people, I mean, you don't take sleeping pills and you don't take, well, you're not supposed to take drugs to drive, but people still do that. But you're, you're behind basically a machine that you're driving in that can kill somebody. If you've got the, if you've got the luxury of having a car, then you should have some common sense and not have anything in your system that could mess with your senses. What about the people who say, whoa, hang on a second, freedom of choice, Esther. If I want to have a pint of lager with my Sunday lunch and then drive home, I should be allowed to do that. Well, walk home. Find a pub you can walk to. You don't need to drink and drive. Esther, I'm sorry to throw a curveball at you slightly, but have you ever used a she-wee? I don't even know what that is. You don't know what a she-wee is? It's it's a thing that allows women, and I'm I'm trying to keep this as clean as as possible, it's a thing that allows women to to do a wee-wee while standing up. Not really. No, it wouldn't be your cup of tea? Not really. Okay, well, Esther, thank you. Cup of tea, perhaps an inappropriate choice of phrase there. There must be someone listening to this, a lady, I would assume, who has used a she-wee. It's like, I remember seeing one on, I think I saw one on Dragon's Den, like about eight years ago. I think Duncan Bannatyne may have uh, shown an interest. Theopathita sniffed at it, and uh, Dun- Duncan Bannatyne went straight for it, I think. So it's, it's like a sort of little cup uh, that you, it, it's in the shape, if I remember correctly, of a tiny urinal. And you, you, you put it over, you know... And it allows you to do a wee-wee standing up. So you can take it out while you're camping, while you're uh, at a festival. 
Has anybody used one? 08459 oh, 455 555. I'm not surprised that Kelly Betts, a member of my team, has got one. She's, let's, let's be honest, she's dead common. It, 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 it makes sense. But producer Tara has got one, and she's quite respectable. I think quite respectable. Let's not get carried away. But she is a bit sensible. She's got one. It just strikes me as a very, very odd thing. 08459 oh, 555. I've sent Justin Dealey out on the hunt for somebody who has uh, used or indeed owns a Shiwi. We'll, we'll speak to him before nine o'clock to find out if he's been successful in any way whatsoever. 08459 oh, 555. You can also have your say about the drink driving by going to the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, we've had a call from Gavin saying it's looking pretty slow. Stop, start traffic. Apparently, animals on the road between Junction 14 at Milton Keynes. Oh, what animals, Adam? Bedford. Well, we don't know. Oh! Say. Oh, I like it when there are animals on the road. Oh, it's, it's not good if one of those animals then, you know, meets a oh. car. Ah, I hadn't thought of that. Even a horse? Hmm... No. Ah, yeah, sorry, I hadn't hadn't considered all the ramifications, please. Oh, it could be a ram. Carry on, Adam. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Yeah, so we've got reports of animals on the road. We haven't specifically been told what, but it's between Milton Keynes at Junction 14 and Bedford at Junction 13, so if anyone else is caught up in that and can see what's going on, an update would be very much appreciated. 08459 455 555. As you continue London-bound, there's heavy traffic from the Luton Airport spur down to Redbourne, and the anti-clockwise M25 is slow from the M1 to Watford, and then from Chorleywood to the M4. Then into London... A1 stop start from Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. No problems so far have been reported on the trains or tubes. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Right, 7.46. It is uh, Wednesday, the 19th. Can you tell I'm not ready for the news yet? That's why I'm slowing down my speech a little bit. It's Wednesday, the 19th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Over 150 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley area in just 16 days. That's up on last year. It's thought that the taxpayer may have to pay half a million pounds towards Bilderberg, the private conference of global business leaders, which was held in Hertfordshire. In sport, the FA has confirmed the England, uh, England, England under-21 coach Stuart Pearce won't be offered a new contract when his deal expires later this month. Coming up, it's the big news story of the day, Shiwis. Have you got one? Well, let's find out after we get the weather from Wendy Hurrell. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a warm and humid start for us all. There's a lot of cloud around to begin with as well. And we've also seen one or two showers, but most of those are moving away north of us at the moment. Most of the activity of the really thundery stuff is out to the North Sea. So as we go through the rest of today, we're always going to be at the risk of getting a shower, but there should be some hazy brightness that breaks through, and that will help to lift the temperature to the hottest day of the year so far. If we get to something like 24, 25 degrees Celsius, the odd place might get a little bit higher than that. As we go through the evening and overnight, once again, we're still at the risk of getting one or two heavy thundery showers, more so into the early hours of the morning when the next batch arrives from northern France. Temperatures will not fall very far tonight, 13 to 15 degrees Celsius. But as we go through the day tomorrow, we are at the risk of seeing some of these showers, which we're 
could locally get some rather large puddles to contend with. The thinking at the moment is that most of them should move away from us and leave us with a dry and bright end to the day, upon which it will feel a lot fresher at 20 or 21 degrees Celsius. Still, the chance of a light shower throughout the day on Friday as well. A little cloud around, but uh, some fine uh, weather to be had and feeling fresher again. And then for the weekend, it's cool and rather unsettled. That's how your weather's looking so far today. Thank you very much, Wendy. I considered asking Wendy if she had a shiwi, and then I thought, actually, it's probably an inappropriate question, so I, I avoided it. This Saturday night, BBC Introducing is live from the Hat Factory in Luton. With performances by Arthur Walwyn as Elephants Are, Charlie Indestructible, and headlined by Tides. It's a free gig, so come down to the Hat Factory doors at seven and join in a fantastic night of live music. For full details, go to Facebook and search for BBC Introducing in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. BBC Introducing live at the Hat Factory in Luton, Saturday night from 8. Now, I would genuinely go to that, but I am busy that night. I am, I am busy! Otherwise, I would genuinely go to that. Totally. I would totally be there. I'd be having mega lols. I'd be hashtagging. I'd be um, Instagramming. I'd be doing all those things that kids like to do. You'd be doing the same thing, wouldn't you, Just? Yeah, absolutely. You'd be Instagramming, course, yeah. hashtagging, pogoing, moshing, all of those great dances. Those things. Ian, something weird's happening right now. This is very bizarre. Can you hear this music? Yeah, vaguely, what is it? I'm on Halfway Avenue in Dunstable. Now, considering the time is, what, 10 to 8 in the morning, yeah. somebody has just started blasting out romantic love songs. We had Christopher a moment ago, yeah. Lady in Red, and this man, whoever he may be, is obviously in a romantic mood. He's currently playing Gabrielle. Listen to this. If you ever... We have a romantic man if, in Dunstable. Where, where, what, from his house, from his yes, car? From his house. He's blasting out love songs. Is, is the window open? Red. It must be. Go and knock on the window. I'm going to go, well, I can't at the moment. Oh, I, wait. I can't quite go round, but... Um, You're scared. <laughs> you bottled it. Hey, Justin, you bottled it. Hey, Justin Dealey's bottled it. <laughs> yeah. Got a microphone. Go and speak it's to him afterwards. Mic. I will do, definitely. Okay, now listen. Turns out, two of my uh, production team, Justin... Uh, have she-wees. Kelly Betts, common as Mark, I expected that. Yep. Producer Tara, respectable. Posh. Yes. Did you say posh? Yes, posh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> on some days. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. She's got one as well. For those who don't know, it's a portable urination device that allows women to do a wee-wee while standing. Like, like gentlemen. You go, take it when you go camping, uh, skiing, and in traffic jams. <laughs> Ridiculous. Earlier on, Justin, we spoke today. to Esther, who called in about something different, and I, I mentioned Shiwis to her. Now, Esther is a good sport. She's called back, <laughs> and she said she tries anything once, she's going to buy a Shiwi, and she's going to road test it for me. Oh, what have I you hope started? that doesn't mean she's going to have a wee-wee on the road, but <laughs> she's going to have a go. So maybe, hopefully we'll speak to her in, before the weekend and find out. <sighs> I ask you to find out, Justin, do any of the people in Beds, Hearts and Bucks, any of the listeners to Three Counties, use Shiwis? How did it go? Uh, yeah, well, well, your show is so bizarre. Isn't it? Can I just say, if you are just tuning into the programme, I have been reporting on drink driving and the Bilderberg conference this morning already. I'm a serious BBC reporter, but you gave me this challenge. I have been asking women about shewees, yes, shewees, and uh, this is what happened. Madam, this is the big question of the day. This is a, a serious question. There is my badge. I'm from the BBC. Have you got a shewee? No, I haven't. Why haven't you got a shewee? Because I don't need to stand up when I wee. Because I haven't got a willy. And what do you think about people that, that own these devices? Very strange. Yeah. yeah. Disgusting, maybe? Yes. Yeah. Why do you need to stand up and wait? Giving women a bad name? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes? Yes. Thank you very much. Sue, so, this is a very personal question. Uh, have you got a she-wee? 
No. Do, do you know what a she-we is? No. It's a device which enables ladies to go to the toilet standing up. So okay. now, you, now you know what it is. Would you want one? No. <laughs> now, Sophie, you haven't got one of these she-we's, but you know people that are buying them for, for festivals. Is this right? Yep, I do. They're meant to make it a lot easier for you to sort of go to the toilet in a bush, or which is ideal for a festival, so... Because there's not always toilets around. <laughs> if you don't want to queue up, you can just yeah. sort of go behind the toilet. And... It's disgusting. I know. But uh, you haven't got one yourself? No, I haven't no. got one myself. I haven't been tempted to buy one just yet. No, not just yet. But I go to a lot of festivals, so maybe I might be tempted. Because it might be quite a good idea for it. The name of the lady, Justin, who invented the shiwi, I have just been told. Get this, right? Mm. Samantha Fountain. Oh, that's clever. Isn't that good? There was somebody that I knew once who worked in a post office with the surname of Stamp. There could be a phone-in for you. No. No. No? No. I mean, you wouldn't get this on heart, would you? Let's, let's be There's a reason honest. you wouldn't get that on heart. Yeah, better music mix, yeah. Just saying. It was going really well, Justin, and then you went for the... Sucker punch. Well, you went for the appropriate names thing. Oh, I know a butcher called Tony Lamb. Yeah. And um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bus driver called Steve Buss. There's a, there's a bloke who works down a pub called John Beer. Is there? Apparently so. Oh, nice one. Somewhere. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three County. He tries, Radio. doesn't he? He tries. Right, a report by the housing charity Shelter says first-time buyers in Milton Keynes now need to save on average more than te- for more than 10 years to be able to get onto the property ladder. The shortage of affordable homes in the new city means the average deposit needed is over £23,000. Couples who start a family in their 20s could be saving for a deposit for nearly 11 years, nearly double the time faced by childless couples. Single people face the greatest barriers to home ownership, and you, uh, a single person could need almost 13 years to save enough. Well, Kate Webb is Senior Policy Advisor at Shelter. Morning, Kate. Pretty depressing Morning, figures, hi. aren't they? Yeah, they really are. I think they really underscore quite how tough it is for for young people at the moment trying to save up for a home. And also the choices that people are having to make, you know, as as the figures you say uh, make clear, it's much easier if you don't have children. But then people are left sort of thinking, well, do I put off having a family if I want to buy a home? Do I buy a home first? And when you think it through, people are being put in some really, really difficult choices and just not leading the lives that they expected, basically. We've covered uh, this before on Three Counties, the housing issue all over the place, particularly in Milton Keynes. There is no easy solution, is there? There's no easy solution, but we definitely think the government could be doing a lot more to sort of meet people uh, halfway. What could they do? Basically, it comes down to increasing the supply of all types of housing, particularly genuinely affordable housing. And the problem is, is what we've seen so far has been very much sort of gimmicks to tinker around the edges, or worse, schemes like Help to Buy, which could actually inflate house prices and uh, make all of these figures much worse for people. Help to Buy is an odd one, isn't it, where the, the, the government kind of, well, they help you to buy. But what they're doing is they're guaranteeing mortgages to people who might not necessarily be able to pay those mortgages back. And I've, I've heard that scheme somewhere else before. It's what they did in the States, and it started the whole global crash, didn't it? 
Exactly, exactly. And it's it's very notable that when you look at the reaction to help to buy, uh, it's incredibly difficult to find an economist or anyone who understands the housing market who actually thinks this is a good idea, um, which is why we're really saying that what we need from the government is not more schemes like help to buy. Um, it is investment in, in new homes. Uh, the, the campaign being launched today, a home of their own, what, what is it and what are you hoping to achieve with it? What we're trying to do is remind people quite how difficult it's become for first-time buyers now. I think a lot of a lot of parents, particularly, um, if they bought several years ago, people sometimes forget quite how hard it is. Um, but as you say, we're talking about couples with with children having to save up for nearly eleven years just for a deposit, and that's before you even start to think, well, can they afford the mortgage? Um, and what we know is that more and more parents are actually now becoming really concerned that their children aren't going to be able to have the same expectations that they did, that people are going to be looking at bringing up their children in rented accommodation, even though it's expensive and insecure, um, and that people's reasonable expectations just aren't being met, even though, you know, they're doing all the right thing, they're saving hard, they're working hard. Do we need to change our culture ever so slightly, Kate? Because Britain is a rarity in that we put so much emphasis on owning property. Doesn't it happen in most of Europe? Doesn't it happen in, in, in most of the states as well? There, renting is the, the accepted norm, isn't it? It's interesting because everyone always thinks Britain is sort of this big global outlier and actually we're pretty typical in terms of home ownership rates. But, you know, we're not obsessed with uh, everyone owning bricks and mortar. And I think you, the thing is you have to look at what people actually want from a home. And the issue that we have is with, uh, with the lack of social housing, more and more people are having to rent privately and there they're finding that they're either in very insecure short-term contracts, you know, sometimes as little as six months, which if you have children is just completely impractical. Um, and it's very expensive you know people are frustrated that the money they're spending on rent just feels like dead money to them any advice for a couple in their early 20s kate who, who want to get on the housing market well i would say the advice is save harder but what we've found is people are saving very hard as it is mm. and that's still not good enough um what we are doing is encouraging people to look at our website uh we've got a, a tool there which is just showing quite how stark the figures are across different parts of the country um so if anyone is curious as to how long it would take them to save up for a deposit if you look on our website um that will give you an indication Kate, I appreciate your time this morning. That's Kate Webb, Senior Policy Officer at Shelter. It is depressing, isn't it? You've got to save for 10, 11, 13 years to get the deposit to buy a house. Dearie me. 08459 455 555 if you want to talk about that. You can also go to the Facebook page as well, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR if you want to have, uh, have a say in any of the things that we're talking about this morning. One of the things we are discussing, of course, zero tolerance. Is it time to introduce zero tolerance policy to drink driving? Two comments uh, picked at random. Jane says, I agree with zero tolerance. If you're going to drive, do not drink. Just one drink could affect your driving. What surprises me more, the amount of people who don't wear seatbelts. And April says, zero tolerance is the only way to go. It makes sense. If you have half a lager or a small glass of wine and drive, I'm sorry, you're an idiot, aren't you? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The M1 southbound, the traffic starting to ease off. As far as we know, the animals, and we never found out what exactly they were, are no longer on the road between Milton Keynes and Bedford, so traffic through there moving better once again. Delays, though, further down from Dunstable at Junction 11 to the Luton Airport Spur at Junction 10, taking maybe 10 or 15 minutes to get through the traffic. Anti-clockwise, the M25 slow from the M1 round to Watford, and then busy from Chorleywood down to the M4. It's about 40 minutes of traffic through there at the moment. The A10 southbound delays from Turnford down toward the M25 at Enfield, so very throat slow through Chesant. The A1 in Boreham Wood, you've got stop-start traffic down at the Barnet Bypass from Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus, and problems on the North Circular Road if you are going into London. Westbound through Finchley, two lanes are closed because of an accident with a car and a van involved at the A1000 junction. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. 156 people arrested for drink driving in Thames Valley in 16 days. We need to have zero tolerance on drink driving, don't we? Here's Serena. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines, more people arrested in Thames Valley area than this time last year. Taxpayers thought to fork out for secret conference in Hertfordshire. And traffic light food labelling system is launched. BBC Three Counties Radio. Over 150 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley area, which covers Buckinghamshire and Milton Keynes. That's just in 16 days and is up on last year. Overall, this year's arrests show an 11% increase. Police say they're targeting people on the way home from nights out and also the morning after. Well, the chairman of the Lifestyle Choice Organisation, Freedom to Choose, spoke to Ian Lee earlier. The government has actually done, done some research into this back in the 1980s. Uh, they actually found that if you, if you did reduce uh, uh, the amount of alcohol you're allowed to, allowed to drink and drive in, I mean, it will, will be a case of that there won't be any less accidents. And there'll be more on this story coming up shortly with Ian Lee. Also, JVS is back with the big phone-in at nine. He wants to know, do you think it's OK to have one drink before driving? Turning to other news this morning, and it's thought the taxpayer may have to pay half a million pounds towards Bilderberg, the private conference of global business leaders, which was held in Hertfordshire. The four-day private event brought together global business leaders and politicians at the Grove Hotel in Watford, although it did have tight security. Local Lib Dem councillor Mark Watching agrees it's totally unfair. You can't actually impose a, uh, a charge on somebody unless you've got the legal right to do it. So the police don't have that authority to say to the Grove or Bilderberg or whoever it is actually sitting on this money, um, look guys, this is going to cost you this sort of money if you want to go ahead, that's fine, but you will need to reimburse it. That's all what we would all like to see, but it ain't in the legislation. Health campaigners have welcomed a new food labelling scheme which will be phased in across the UK over the next 18 months. The voluntary system includes colour coding and nutritional information on the front of packs to show levels of fat, salt, sugar and calories. While all the major supermarkets have signed up, some big firms still aren't taking part. Luton Council says it needs £8,000 worth of sponsorship to ensure the town's Christmas lights are as good as last year. The deputy leader of the Borough Council, Sean Timoney, told BBC Three Counties Radio that they have to make cutbacks. We've got to find £49 million worth of savings in our budget. It, unfortunately, it means the things that are nice to do have to go so that we can pay for the things that we have to do. Girls will no longer have to pledge their devotion to God when they join the guides and brownies in the UK. It comes after a consultation found a new non-religious promise was needed to make the organisation more inclusive. <laughs> 
Sport now then, the Premier and Football League fixtures for the new season released this morning. Watford, MK, Dons, Stevenage and Wickham will all announce theirs at nine o'clock. Finally, weather then, and there will be showers this morning. Dry the afternoon though, with a chance of some bright and sunny spells. Temperatures reaching 25 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Wednesday. It's exciting. Lots coming up between now and JVS at nine o'clock. Stop everything, there's a cup of tea. I used my shiwi for it. Oh, that's really, that's left a bad taste in my mouth. Hang on a second. No, that works. That works. Right. It would appear that drink driving campaigns are just not working. 156 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley. Not in six months, not in a year, in 16 days. It's time we took a zero zero tolerance policy on drinking and driving, isn't it? If you have half a lager or a small glass of wine and get into your car, you're not safe. You're not safe. Also this morning, Clear Up Food Labelling is coming into operation. But will it stop people being fat and unhealthy? Do you look at the uh, those little labels and things, or the ingredients on food? I don't. If the picture looks nice, yummy, I'll buy it. And as I find out that two members of my team, women, reveal they've bought a new gadget, Steady, I need to know, have you ever used a Shiwi? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Put your name on it, please. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, it would appear that drink driving campaigns, they're just not working. This, this uh, figure I find incredible. 156 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley in just 16 days. And that figures up on last year. But not everyone agrees that a zero-tolerance approach would work. Earlier on in this show, I spoke to David Atherton. He's the chairman of Freedom to Choose and health correspondent of the online newspaper The Commentator. I think the current you know, anybody who does drive above the current uh, drink and driving 80 milligrams or should be ashamed of themselves, um, but there's no need for further further uh, interference from, from the government because there's no evidence to back it up. Well, Richard Andrew is Senior Community Development Officer for the charity uh, break. Uh, Richard, you heard, uh, Dave, that there's no evidence to say that a zero-tolerance policy would have any effect on, on uh, road accidents. Um, uh, good morning, Ian. Um, well, that's not, certainly not what we believe, and, I mean, it, it's quite telling that, actually, England and Wales has... Uh, one of the highest drink drive limits across Europe and actually we're lagging behind other European countries who've already introduced much lower limits uh, and have there's been reduced uh, casualties um, in those countries where those limits have been introduced as well. Is there any evidence to show uh, that lowering the limits will have any effect? Well there's been independent reports which have suggested that that would be the case but also where a lower limit was introduced in 15 European countries so the limit lowered to 50 milligrams. There was um, an 11.5% drop in uh, alcohol-related deaths um, 
in the most at-risk groups. How are they enforcing it over there, uh, Richard? One of the people, a lot of people worry about the police enforcement of it. Well, enforcement can be an issue, and um, obviously uh, there's only so many police resources to go around. So what's key to the success of uh, these measures is, uh, is actually getting the message out to the drivers, and this is obviously what Thames Valley Police are looking to do, which is to ask the question, is it worth the risk? And to really get the message out to drivers to not drink if you're going to drive, not drink a drop if you're going to drive. Don't drink if you're driving early the next morning. Um, make plans to use public transport or book a taxi or get a designated driver. And also don't buy drinks for someone that is driving. One of the ideas that's being mooted would be a points uh, and fine system. So if you got caught uh, sort of over zero but below 80, maybe you'd get three points and pay... Oh, I've got a pair of parking ticket, I've just remembered. Sorry, that popped into my head. Must pay that today, otherwise it doubles. Uh, So if you got caught above zero and below 80, you'd get maybe three points and a £60 fine. uh, And then above 80 milligrams, there would be a ban. Is that something that Brake would support? Well, we we support a zero tolerance measure, actually, so that actually the message is clear so there's no kind of um gradation to the um to the fines or the the punishments but really the message is clear that actually the best and most responsible thing to do is just not drink and drive the problem with that is i suppose there are lots of other things that contain alcohol if i have a bit of my mum's trifle love tucking into my mum's trifle there's a bit of booze in there uh, i could be in trouble some mouthwash has booze as alcohol in as well doesn't it so th- that could register it does well well this is why we're calling for a, uh, a limit of it's an effective um zero tolerance measure which is 20 milligrams so it, it does make allowances for those kind of things but it does also send the message out that actually you know having one for the road isn't really appropriate at all uh, someone has just texted in uh, suggesting that passengers uh, in cars with drink drivers should be prosecuted too that that sound, sounds like quite a good idea i think well, uh, this is why we're trying to send the message out um, to people not to buy drinks for, for people that are driving them. Um, obviously, in some circumstances, the passengers might not necessarily be aware if someone is drinking and driving. So this is why we're, we're really giving the message, actually, don't um, allow your friends to get in the car and drive. Richard, thank you. We'll end it there. Richard Andrew, a Senior Community Development Officer for the Charity Break. Let me put this to you, dear listener. If you drink and drive, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. If you go over the limit, obviously, but even a glass of wine, half a lager, it can affect you differently on different days, can't it? I haven't had a drink for a long time, but when I did, uh, sometimes I could drink quite a few pints and be okay. A few, a few uh, JDs and Coke was, was my drink, oh choice. A few of those, I was fine, I could take on the world. But sometimes, one Jack Daniels and Coke would knock me out. One pint would knock me out. Oh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine drinking a pint. Imagine drinking a pint of beer now. It's so. I mean, it, it affects you differently, doesn't it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you have anything to drink before you get into your car, I really, I, I worry about you. Judy's in Hatfield. Morning, Judy. Good morning. What, what do you think about this? Well, yes, I do agree with zero tolerance, and in the fact that I would never ever drive my little car with um, having had a drink. But it's how the, um, the, the zero tolerance is measured because blood will have a certain amount of background alcohol in it, even for a teetotaler, because uh, alcohol is a byproduct of digestion. Hang on a second. I've got alcohol in my blood even nine years later? 
today, tomorrow, it depends on what you eat. The alcohol is a byproduct of digestion. It is a very, very small amount and it will not affect you as in driving or anything. But so it, and when you're talking about zero tolerance, mm. it's dependent on how that is measured. Well, I said, uh, Mr Andrew there, we just heard from break, I think made a good point, that it, it would be a 20 milligrams, and so that would... It, that it, would pra- practically, it means you can't have a drink of alcohol, but if you'd eaten something with, with some booze in, or you used a, a mouthwash with alcohol in, it, it would register, but you wouldn't be penalised for it. Yeah, that would be about right. Uh, so, you, would you, do you ever even have, you know, a, a small glass of wine before you get in the car, Judy? No. It doesn't make sense to me why anyone would think it's appropriate to do that. And I have heard people, I'm hoping one of them calls before nine o'clock today, if, if not me, but then maybe Jonathan later. I have heard people who say, oh no, actually, I drive better when I've had a drink. It keeps me more focused. Are you, are you crying? No, oh, I thought, sorry, I thought I made you cry. <laughs> Judy, I'm just going to throw something at you. Please don't be offended, and I hope this, this isn't too personal. I'm complete tangent. Ever use the shiwi? No. Do you I don't know? even know what one looks like. Oh, I, you know what they do, though, don't you? No. Oh, I've got to describe it again. I've never heard of one until I heard you talking about it this I, morning. I'm spending my whole morning describing urination aids to uh, women. Basically, it's a, it's a thing that you clamp in front of your... Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it allows yeah, yeah. you to do a wee-wee while you're stood up. Why would you want to do that? Imagine if you were camping and you didn't want to crouch because there could be stinging nettles. Oh, we've got to go for the stingers. Really? You get stingers around the bum? Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> oh, Judy. <laughs> what a, well, as long as you've got someone to rub, rub your backside with a dock leaf, that's the main thing. Judy, uh, uh, thank you very much indeed. Have you had to find anybody that's used a shiwi? Maybe, maybe Mavis and Ellsbury can help. Mavis? Yes? Are you a shiwi fan? Good morning, Ed. Good morning. No, I'm not, but I've seen these um, sort of saucer-shaped containers that were used in the 1800s when ladies had great big skirts, and of course there were no public lavatories, no. and when they went to church or anywhere special, they had this, you know, to do a wee in. So what, what, was it like a, a, a miniature chamber pot or something? Very small, yes. And, and, and they, they would kind of hoik up their skirt, yes. shove it underneath, That's right. and, uh, and do their business in there? Use it. Oh, dearie me. Did you ever use anything like that? No, I wasn't born in the 1800s. Oh! <laughs> Sorry, to, I made the wrong assumption. I do apologise. How rude of me. Would you consider using a she-wee, Mavis? You're out, you're, you're camping at Glastonbury Festival, you're really looking forward to seeing the Rolling Stones um, and um, C6 Steve, uh, but you need to urinate. Would yeah, you? What are they made of, by the way? What's, what's, they... what's this new invention like? Well, let's, let's, let's ask uh, producer Tara, who's the posh member of the team, according to uh, Justin Dilley. She'll be able to tell us, producer Tara, what are they made of? They're made of a hardened plastic. Oh. And it's very smooth, so supposedly easily, easily washable. I'd just like to say, a friend bought me mine and I haven't used it yet. Would you, would you be prepared to use it on air? No. Oh. Would I? No. <laughs> no. So they're made of a hardened plastic? Yeah. I expect they'll be popular. Yes. And probably quite cheap. I mean, if you found a, one that was made in the 1800s, I bet it would cost you quite a lot of money. They're 11 quid, and you can, you can clean them and reuse them. Are they? Yeah. You, you're interested now, aren't you, Mavis? You make me laugh every morning. I said, <laughs> he, he's lovely to listen to. I, I'm, I'm, I'm presenting a serious news show, Mavis. I don't know what you're laughing at. There's no laughs in this show, naughty Mavis. It's a very kind thing to say. It's lovely to talk to you. Call again, won't you? OK, Thank, thank you, Mavis. I'm just thinking, Tara, 
if uh, all I'm thinking is I can hear a report where I do an intro little little piece about shiwis and uh, yesterday uh, producer Tara used a shiwi. This is what happened. Nice two minute package. You can pa- hear that report all you like. Little package. Mm-hmm. We hear the sound effects. I'm just thinking could be another Sony under your belt. Could be another Sony under your belt. Could be a gold Sony this time. A gold one. <laughs> I didn't mean. I didn't mean that. I'll, I'll move on. I didn't mean that in the slightest. Genuinely did. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Slow moving traffic in St Neots at the moment. The A428 westbound. There are delays from the Cambridge Road toward the Barford Road going down toward the A1. And then as you continue on the A1, it's busy at the Black Cat roundabout. Slow down the A1M with heavy traffic from Hitchin to Stevenage, then queues into London through Boreham Wood with stop-start traffic Stirling Corner down to Mill Hill Circus Clop Hill and the A507 it's queuing between the Causeway and the A6 on the A5 in Dunstable it's looking busy between the A505 and Lynch Hill London bound M1 there are delays from Dunstable to Wardlute Airport Junction 11 to 10 and the M25 anti-clockwise you've got slow moving traffic from the M1 to Watford taking 10 or 15 minutes to get through then from Chorleywood to the M4 another 40 or 45 minutes and if you're driving further into London this morning the North Circular Road westbound in has two lanes closed off, long delays because of an accident with a car and a van involved at the junction with the A1000. Trains and tubes are not causing any problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. 8.16 exactly. It's Wednesday the 19th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 156 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley in just 16 days, and that figure is up on last year. Pupils at a Hertfordshire school are being offered counselling after the deaths of two teenagers who were hit by a train on Monday night. In sport, Gareth Southgate is one of the early favourites to replace Stuart Pearce as England's under-21s manager. Coming up, we'll have more on the Bilderberg Conference. It turns out that us, the taxpayers, could be paying for half of it. Nice one, billionaires. BBC Three Counties Radio. week on the BBC. Starting to show the strange strain. Under immense pressure. Yell. Little scream right there. Those legs are getting heavy. It only hurts so much. This is a desperate last stand because they want it so bad. Wimbledon starts on Monday across the BBC. <laughs> hey, what's up? It looks like you've got an ant in your ear. Oh, these headphones don't work. Oh, oh that's better. I'm sorry to hear that. Jonathan, you, you, <laughs> you came in this morning, and I have a lot of respect for you. Correction. I had a lot of respect for you. Literally in the last 30 seconds, it's down to it's almost gone. 0% respect. Tell the listener the, the, the nonsense, the offensive oh, nonsense. They know. They know already. Keeping up appearances yes. is uh, it's up there as one of my favourite comedies my my absolute favorite is fraser yeah okay and yep. it goes fraser and keeping up appearances and i have the whole lot on box set oh. and i quite often watch them over and over again why would you watch first of all why would you have the box set when they're constantly being shown on gold all the time or bbc in the afternoon and secondly you know there are no laughs in it oh no don't be silly patricia routledge yes. as hyacinth bouquet yes is i know the one premise, of the yes. best characters ever to be created in a comedy she is one of the funniest women 
ever on TV. She's a brilliant actress. She is hilarious. Yes. She can do everything. The way they, the character, the way she's got beige peak toe slingbacks and her toes always like stick slightly out. And as she walks, her feet go, it, everything is just so funny. No? What's your third favourite? A low, a low. I love a low, a low. Oh, do you know Jonathan! Why? Do you know why I love Alo Alo? Oh, no, I don't. Because when I watched Alo Alo years ago, I, I got it on a totally different level to the level that I get it now. It's so naughty. Yes, it's very... I mean, there's a lot of sexual innuendo that at the time when I watched it back in the 80s, I was perhaps a little too young yes, to yes. fully get it. Now you watch it, it's hilarious. Yeah. Lieutenant Gruber and René, my little tank. I like the sexy Nazi. Oh, right, OK. She's, she's hot. Helga. Helga. I like Helga, but that's it. What about the time when the, the, uh, they tried to hook up the mother's bed to be a radio for the British, uh, and, and they, they electrocuted the mother, and René said, You have earthed my wife's mother! It was hilarious. Look at you, you're not even... Have you never seen Arrested Development... Or happy, uh, uh, not happy days, or, or um, Seinfeld, or any of these fantastic American sitcoms that just blow the British ones well, out of the I water. I like Frasier, but I don't like Seinfeld. No, and I don't. No, apart from Frasier, okay. Cheers, very good. Cheers is excellent. Cheers, yes. yes. Cheers. Um, Fools and Horses is, is overrated. Will and Grace was very good. Will and Grace, yes. Right, Will yeah. and Grace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but you can't doubt the British have made some very good sitcoms. Is that your phone in this morning? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well, thanks for coming in. No. Oh, but have you had anyone else sticking up for keeping up appearances? No, no, no one has no? stuck up for it. No, no. Everyone knows it's a stinker. It's not a stinker. We've got, we've got forty minutes of the show, dear listener. Can anybody phone in <laughs> and back up JVS on? I, I normally listen and appreciate and respect what he says, but it's this morning, no, 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 no. It's broadcast all around the world. People love it. Doesn't mean it's any good. <laughs> 08459 455 555. Can anybody call up between now and nine o'clock and, and make Jonathan feel better? I don't think so. Oh, they love it. Have you never seen the one, the one where she goes to the auction and she bids for some homemade Goodsbury wine and gets absolutely sloshed? You've never seen that one? Phone calls. The Hilarious. Phones, the phones are lighting up. Tell us what you've got and we'll, we'll see. We might, we might have one or two people defending you. Uh, no, coming up on the big phone, we're picking up on the drink drive story. Very interested in that as well. I'm asking from Nine, do you think it's OK to have one drink before driving? 156 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley in just 16 days. The figure's higher than at the same time last year. The road safety charity Brake says we have the most lenient drink driving limit in Europe and they want the government to introduce a zero tolerance policy i've heard you you want that as well I totally yes it makes perfect sense but why does it make perfect sense because surely that your listeners this morning are perfectly capable of going out for a meal having a drink and then driving home it doesn't make them some kind of drunk driver it doesn't make them a bad driver to have one drink and then drive home the, does effect, it? the effect can be different at different times depends if you're tired if you're feeling ill if you've eaten it can be different but if you go out for a meal if i pop out if i pop down zz's and I have a uh, quattro formaggi and a, and a Peroni, and then I drive, home, uh, <laughs> I drive home an hour and a half later, is that going to make me, you know, some kind of murdering driver who's going to plough down into children look, and kill people? Look at you using inflammatory language well, to try and get people but, on your but side. But that's the suggestion by this zero-tolerance argument, that in somehow people that go out and have a drink... Are, are the same as murderers. No, surely what we want to stop is the people that go out and get absolutely sloshed, those that go out and get absolutely wrecked and then drive. 
from nine this morning. Do you think it's okay to have one drink before driving? I'll take your calls as soon as Ian finishes. Okay, so hello to uh, April. Good morning, April. April? Oh, you're there. Hello, April. Morning. Morning, Emma. Hello. Right, let's start with you, April. You you agree with JVS about keeping up appearances, do you? I do. Well done, April. Funny, However, isn't it? you're wrong about drink driving, but that's another. No, issue. Don't phone him oh, at well. about nine at that. We're, we're dealing with the important <laughs> issue here. Of of what's so funny about a, a, a woman pretending she's posher than she actually is? Well, I'm sorry, Ian. I think you have to be a little bit of a snob. Ah. Yes, to ah. get it. you have to be a little bit middle class and aspirational. Yes. What are you saying? I am then. Uh, well, I don't know. Are you middle class and aspirational? I've got no aspirations anymore. April, listen. You're a regular caller to the show. I'm afraid I'm going to have to ban you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that okay? You're banned. It's okay, Julius loves me. <laughs> okay, you're, she's banned. Let's see what Emma. Emma, what do you have to say? Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely fantastic, but it can't be Only Fools and Horses, oh, which look. is my old time classic. Um, and just in relation to what you were saying this morning about the box set, um, I'm completely the same. I have to watch them over and over and over again. Love it. Okay. This Emma! Right, uh, <laughs> Emma, I don't. Have we ever spoken before, Emma? We haven't, no, but I do listen to the show most days. Okay, I'm going to ask you not to listen anymore. Is that okay? <laughs> um, no. Could, could you th- go and listen to Heart? I believe they play some excellent music. <laughs> No, Emma, I you're a good. I, I, used to, I used to listen to that. I'm a bit bored. Uh, so. We got you, but we got you, Emma. I'm teasing. You're a good sport. Thank you very much indeed, JBS. G- g- give your question again because people may have forgotten. <laughs> do you think? Do you think it's okay to like keeping up appearances? <laughs> no. Do you think it's okay to have one drink before driving? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Deary me. It's not often I ban two listeners in a row, but sometimes I have to. It's nice we've got someone over from that music station. No, that's exciting. You see? We offer a little bit more. Shiwis is what we offer. I know. Yeah. Uh, Luanne's in Flitwick. Morning, Luanne. Morning, Ian. You, have you ever used a shiwi? N- not quite. Not, um, not quite. What does that mean? I can't believe I'm about to admit this on Uh-oh. the radio. Um, I actually used my daughter's potty in the car once. Um... I was on the way to, um, oh well, we were going on holiday, and um, we decided to take the back route instead of the motorway, because I'm not a particularly great motorway driver, especially with kids screaming in the car, yes. and um, we'd been driving for miles, and I was getting more and more uncomfortable as the journey was going on, and I phoned my mum, and I said, look, I'm going to have to stop somewhere, because I just cannot, I cannot drive anymore, so we spotted a lay-by, and she said, well, just go and squat, and I said, no, I can't do that, because I'm you know, I just, I just can't do that. Yeah. And um, so I kind of got my daughter's potty, positioned it on the driver's seat, which is quite a feat in itself, trying to get underneath the steering wheel. Yeah. Trying to get your trousers down. You weren't driving just... at the time, were you? No. No, okay, that's... Labour. Okay, right, just, just checking, yeah, yeah. Well, just as I'd kind of got to that position, oh. a lorry pulled up... Oh, no. <laughs> ..beside the car and saw everything. Oh. I've never been more mortified in my whole life. My oh. mum was absolutely killing herself with laughter in the car. I've never seen her laugh so much. I thought she was going to kill over and have a heart attack. Was she in the car with you? No, she was in the car in front. OK. she saw it all kind of... Ha- she saw this drop <clears throat> lorry pulling up behind us. Yeah. And she could see exactly what was going to happen. And this guy had this front row view. Oh, dear. <laughs> what a front row. 
actually having a seaweed then probably would have been a little bit more discreet than this great big pink potty sitting on the front seat of the car. I once had to almost did a similar thing, Luan. I was stuck in such bad traffic on the North Circular around London uh, and I was so desperate for weed. It was that kind of thing where I'm sweating and I'm actually in pain and I thought I'm in trouble. And what I had was one of those big one litre bottles of water, except there was it was a third full. So there was water in it. Right. (laughs) So I had to make the decision. Do I do I drink this water and make the situation worse? But then it gives me something to go in. I did. I drank the water. So I'm even fuller and I'm in traffic and I'm driving. Right. And it's moving very slowly. And I uh, I think I can say this on breakfast radio. Come on, I have. I've just admitted. I, I, I can say this carefully. Okay. I put a coat over my lap. I undid my trousers. <laughs> I I assumed the position, okay? It was all everything was was teed up, ready to go. And then just at that minute, and there was a break in the traffic and I could pull over and I pulled over, I parked illegally, I managed to jump out and go behind a bush. But everything everything was in position for a takeoff. <laughs> Though, is that you've got a little bit more kind of yep. dignified way of going. Well, yeah. You know, you can hide it a little bit, whereas we, I, I couldn't. <laughs> There's nothing dignified about shoving your winky in, in the top of a, a water bottle. Well, all I can say is, if you know how small the top of a pot is, I, <laughs> I'll say no. Well, Luan, we'll, we'll leave it there. I think we've just nudged up to Ofcom and we've stepped back from that line just, just 08459 455 555. Oh, Kevin, that's a generous offer that I'll never take up. He's offering to let me borrow his Keeping Up Appearances box set. Well, thank you very much. I, d- I don't know why anybody... I don't get Keeping Up Appearances. I, I, yes, Patricia Outledge, wonderful actor. We don't say actress anymore. Isn't that weird? Wonderful actor. But it's just that kind of lame 90s BBC comedy that they did. It, it, it looks a bit naff. It feels... There's that, and there's... Um, What's the Britas Empire? Oh, the Britas Empire. It, awful, awful. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Posh Tara thinks that keeping up appearances is funny. I, I, that's my producer. I don't. I just don't think so. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Uh, you can uh, go to facebook.com forward slash BBC three CR or send me a text eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Queues on the A1, Roxton, southbound as you come down toward the Black Cat roundabout, it's looking busy. Then, if you're continuing down toward the A1M, you'll find heavy traffic from Hitchin through to Stevenage. And all the way into London, it's busy stop-start traffic on the Boreham Wood sort of area along the Barnet Bypass from Stirling Corner down to Mill Hill Circus. Got queues in Olney, the A509 southbound, approaching Spring Lane. It's because of roadworks. We had a call from Louise about that one, so thank you. It's looking really slow as you go down toward Milton Keynes. The A40 eastbound in Denham, it's busy. Traffic's much heavier than normal between the Oxford Road at the Denham roundabout and the Swakeley's roundabout, so near to the M40 junction is slow. M25 anti-clockwise delays from Junction 21 at the M1 round to Watford at 19. Chorleywood to the M4 is taking about 40 to 45 minutes to get through at the moment. That's Junction 18 to 15. Trains and tubes, though, if you're commuting on the public transport side of things, looking good with no delays. Adam Blind, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. It's 8.30. Let's get the news and sport now. Here's Serena Farrow. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
Good morning. There's been an increasing amount of men arrested on suspicion of drink driving in the Thames Valley area than this time last year. Stay listening for more on this story as JVS is back with the big phone in at nine. He wants to know, do you think it's okay to have one drink before driving? In other news, the taxpayer may have to pay half a million pounds towards the cost of policing the recent Bilderberg conference in Hertfordshire. Elsewhere, health campaigners have welcomed a new food labelling scheme. It's to be phased in across the UK over the next 18 months. And a housing charity claims first-time buyers in Milton Keynes have no chance of buying a home for at least 10 years. That's the news. Now let's turn to all the morning sport. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Football Association has confirmed the England under-21 coach Stuart Pearce won't be offered a new contract when his deal expires at the end of the month. The news comes after England failed to progress beyond the group stages of the recent European Championships. The former Luton manager David Pleats believes the FA should now change the setup and appoint two people instead. In the past, experienced coaches like Dave Sexton, Don Howe, Ron Greenwood before that would go with the under-21s and mentor a young coach and help him progress and gain experience as a possibility of maybe a future England full-time coach. And I think that's what we probably need now. Names will be thrown out, but I think we need probably a pairing. A young coach, maybe a Phil Neville type or a Gareth Southgate type, with a very experienced man. Staying with football and Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage and Wickham will all find out who their opponents will be next season as the football and Premier League fixtures are announced at nine this morning. But Luton Town will have to wait for a fortnight as their conference details will be announced then. Cricket then, and the England captain Alistair Cook says they won't take any risks with spinner Graham Swan's fitness ahead of today's Champions League semi against South Africa. Swan actually missed the win over New Zealand with a calf problem, and Cook insists James Treadwell is a better replacement. Turning to rugby union then, and there's been some good news for the British and Irish Lions ahead of Saturday's first test against Australia in Brisbane. Wing George North has been fit to play after recovering from a hamstring problem. Finally, the five-time Wimbledon singles champion Venus Williams won't be at the All England Club this year. She's been forced to withdraw from Wimbledon with a back injury. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. And suddenly it's uh, 8.32 on a Wednesday. Uh, coming up between now and JVS at nine o'clock, we'll have more on drink driving. Surely there has to be a zero tolerance, doesn't there? Doesn't there? More of your calls on Shiwis. Uh, but before all of that, let's uh, talk about Bilderberg, shall we? It's emerged the taxpayer may have to pay half a million pounds towards the policing of the Bilderberg Conference in Hertfordshire. The four-day private conference of global business leaders and politicians took place at the Grove Hotel in Watford two weeks ago amidst tight security. The total cost for policing the event is around a million pounds, but organisers have agreed to contribute half that amount. Or local Lib Dem councillor Mark Watkin is not pleased. I mean, in a way, once you say, well, thank goodness we're putting half a million in towards it, otherwise it would have been completely, uh, you know, astonishing that we should have to find out for the money but it still seems it sticks in the throat I think that you know the community around here has had to experience the Bilderberg conference and then pack, you know, pay for half of it Well joining me now is the Tory MP for Watford Richard Harrington. Morning Richard, it does seem that whichever way you look at it, the taxpayer is going to have to foot the bill for half of the policing costs. Good morning, well it would seem so but I think we have to bear in mind that the police do have a duty on behalf of us all to keep law and order 
And if we want world-class events in a place like Watford, and we do want it to be Watford, the place that's known internationally as a centre where world leaders come, I mean, hopefully in the future, and maybe have the G8 or something like that to really put us on the international map, that there is a cost to that. But having said that, Ian, I think it's important that just as they do at football matches and other events, that the organisers have to bear some of the cost. It's important that here the um, organisers do, and I understand that negotiations are going on so that a deal takes place. But we can't exist in isolation, and I think it's great we've got an international standard place like the Grove. How, of course it's fantastic, and the Grove is a wonderful place, but, but how exactly has Watford benefited by having the Bilderberg there? Well, it, it's, it's now known all over the world as a an international serious place it's not sniggering you know the old expression north of watford and all this kind of stuff well there was there was a lot of sniggering on the internet i did spot a lot of people going well bilderberg it's met in uh, miami it's met in all these luxurious locations now it's in watford now listen i know that the grove is a very special place but people were sniggering weren't they they were and um, i think it's important to point out to all your listeners that um I, I, i know both well and watford's much better than miami but anyway, putting that to one side, I do think, you know, we want the, uh, with due respect to what Mark Watkins said before, it's the policy of the mayor and the council and myself, which I fully support, to really build up Watford internationally. Well, a lot of good things will come from that in terms of employment, etc. Well, part of that is being, being realised as a place to host this kind of events. And there are some costs, and I think it's a question of how much the organisers pay. They don't contractually have to pay anything, but from what I've read, they're behaving very responsibly. And I'm sure the same thing goes on when the G8s at Glen Eagles and all this sort of thing. But we want to be in the game, and there is a cost to that. that and I believe the benefits will be very significant for Watford and the areas around it. Bilderberg is, of course, a very controversial uh, uh, group of people. Do, do we really want that kind of... I, of course, it's great to get you know get Watford better known, but do we really want that kind of controversy associated with with the area? Well, can you imagine if they said that in Davos, which is a similar kind of thing, where these people come from all over the world? I mean, it's made Davos famous. Why don't we want that for Watford? Uh, only two arrests, a lot of police there. Was there perhaps too much policing? Well, I think the police can't win, really. I mean, it was all over the internet. There'd be thousands of demonstrators there, more than 10,000. I mean, I I went on the Friday to go and thank the police and everything. So I met this sort of nice eccentric chap with a double barrel name from Gloucestershire, sort of retired colonel who always comes to these things. And if if he's the kind of demonstrator that was there, I think one police officer would have been quite enough. But they have to prepare for this kind of thing. We've all seen some of these anti-capitalist protests and things that can happen in large cities. And I think the police behave fantastically in doing it. But, you know, they're they're not magicians. They they just have to take an informed view with the intelligence they've got and prepare for the worst. So don't criticise them at all for that. And I think they did a great job. I guess one of the things is, we know from speaking to Ollie Martins that uh, the Hearts uh, Police... Uh, they're struggling financially. They're one of the worst off. They can't justify this cost, can they? Well, you have to put it into perspective again. In the, you know, Hearts Police have a budget of £177 million. Within that, there must be contingencies for this sort of thing. I mean, what happens, for example, say there was a huge demonstration. The police have to... When events happen, they have to react to them, and it's part of their duties. And I can't go into the finances because I don't know what will go on. I suspect part of this is a game 
for us in Hertfordshire to get more money out of the Home Office. And I know David Lloyd, the police commissioner, um, issued a statement to that effect that there's various negotiations going on. And I've questioned one of the ministers about this. Um, I'm not in a public question, but just uh, how these things work. And I know there are pockets of money, there are funds for precisely this sort of contingency. And I'm sure the police in Hertfordshire know this very well. I'm sure they're very well advised. And I hope some of it will come from that, that course, so that it doesn't affect anything to do with the day-to-day policing budget in Watford and the whole of Hertfordshire. And everybody, put your phones down. Of course I said Ollie Martins. Of course I meant David Lloyd. It was, it was a slip of the tongue. So everybody who's calling in to correct me, uh, <laughs> the, the, you don't need to. I corrected myself. Well, I somewhat embarrassing didn't know who Ollie Martins was. Well, <laughs> well I, I, I won't make a comment, but, uh, but yes. He's not on Three Counties Radio, is he? Uh, no, he's not. He, no. Uh, now listen, you, you mentioned the PCC there. The Home Office Minister, Damien Green, has said that, that perhaps we should look at uh, PCC um, uh, running the fire service as well. Would, would that make sense? Well, I don't know if that person would be called the PCC, but I think anything that can be brought under democratic control and accountability is a good idea. So I do think it's worth looking at. Obviously, it wouldn't be within the auspices of the police, but I think it would be a commissioner that's responsibility would be for the public, those public services. And sure, if it leads to accountability, I think it's a good idea, but I know there's a lot of work to be done on it. Richard, nice to talk to you. It's something we'll look into a little bit more. That's uh, Tory MP uh, for Watford, Richard Harrington. As soon as I said... The reason I said Ollie Martins is because he popped into my head. Of course, it's David Lloyd. Both of them are wonderful gentlemen who come on this show very regularly. But I was determined not to say Ollie Moors. Every time I say Ollie Martin, I want to say Ollie Moors, the uh, irritating, irritating pop singer. So I was so focused on not saying Ollie Moors, I said Ollie Martin when I meant David Lloyd. Make sense? No, of course it doesn't. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've been listening carefully this morning, you will have noticed I'm struggling to say the most basic of sentences today. I don't know why... Perhaps I had too much sleep yesterday, a three-hour doze in the day, and then just kind of lay in bed watching Arrested Development on my Nexus. I know, shh. Good sleep last night. I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's just the fact I've turned 40 and that's it. Everything starts falling apart. Uh, on the subject of drink driving, 156 arrests in the Thames Valley area in 16 days. Surely we should have a zero-tolerance policy towards drink driving, shouldn't we? Shirley Joe's from Houghton Regis. Morning, Shirley Joe. Good morning, Ed. What do you think? Um, well, I can only speak from my own personal choice, and that is that I do not drink if I'm going out in the car. And but why is that? Why, why, do, why, why is that? Because I have my morals, and I also need to drive for my job. So if I was caught driving whilst drinking, then I would probably lose my job. It's just—it's just my own self-esteem. So even though you, know, you don't even have half a, a lager or a small glass of wine, which you, you could drink legally, no, nothing. Is there any way uh, that we could make it easier to encourage people not to drink and drive? Yes, um, the price of soft drinks is so expensive; it's often more expensive than alcohol. Ooh. So it doesn't really encourage people to drink um, a soft drink. Um, a tonic water I bought recently in a local pub in a village not far from here was £2.50. Oh. Tonic water. I, and, you I, know, I, it's crazy. I know what you're saying. I have a, a St Clement's, which is an orange and lemonade. Uh, a pint of orange and lemonade is more, is more than a pint of beer in some places. How is that possible? 
It, it can't be because you can go you can go to the supermarkets and buy six bottles of tonic water for one seventy nine. You're right. That is one of the things. I mean, I don't I don't particularly go to pubs anymore now, uh, but but sometimes we would go for lunch or, or to meet a friend there. Uh, and you're right. It would be so easy for the the pubs to lower the price of, of cokes and lemonades and soft drinks, and and it, and it seems ridiculous that they don't do that. Yeah, I, I think. Well, again, my personal view is the government should step in and, and make sure that the pubs do offer uh, or places that sell alcohol do offer um, non-alcoholic drinks at a reduced price and not at these vastly inflated prices. Shirley Joe, thank you very much. Mate, I'd, I'd forgotten about that. A St Clement's. If you ask for a St Clement's, they go, what? Yeah? It's an orange and lemonade. Yeah, it's like a cocktail with a name like this. I'll have a St Clement's, please. Huh? Orange and lemonade. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm just going to go back to this story in the Express. This is my favourite story of the day, nay, of the year. Councillor who says he had baby with alien lover defies call to quit. Now, this is the kind of story that you would have seen in the sport. Is that still going? The sport a few years ago. This is on page 30 of the Express. There's a picture of Councillor Parks, who's been praised by the mayor. He looks normal. There's also um, a picture of his um, uh, alien mum. Uh, a married politician has claimed he fathered a love child during an affair in space with an alien woman called Cat Queen. Labour councillor, Labour councillor Simon Parks, 53, admitted his wife Jackie was not pleased when he told her about the extraterrestrial baby he said was named Zarka. It's not a bad name. But if I ever have a, uh, if my next baby's an alien, we're going to call it Zarka. The driving instructor who has three Earth children by Jackie, claims he has sex with the alien about four times a year. He said, what will happen is we will hold hands and I will say, I'm ready. Then technology that I don't understand will take us up to a craft orbiting the Earth. My wife found out about it and was very unhappy, clearly. That caused a few problems, but it's not on a human level, so I don't see it as wrong. Councillor Parks also believes he has a nine-foot green alien mother with eight fingers. Sorry? I'll read that again. Councillor Parks, who also believes he has a nine-foot green alien mother with eight fingers, insisted he's not mad and that his space encounters should not stop him representing Stakesby on Whitby Town Council in North Yorkshire. He added, come and spend some time with me. You'll walk away shaking your head. You will think, actually, he's not bad, not mad. There are plenty of people in my position who don't choose to come out and say this because they're terrified it will destroy their careers. Also, may I suggest, because it's never happened. Dorothy Clegg, a former mayor of Whitby, wants him to resign. These wild stories are making them a laughing stock. Councillor Parks, don't forget, he claims he has a nine-foot green alien mother with eight fingers, claims he remembers being lifted out of his cot by his E.T. mum when he was six months old. His birth mother was an alleged MI5 spy called Gene Parks, but he says the alien told him, I am your real mother. I am your real mother. That's how they speak, isn't it? Aliens, I think. He spends hours drawing aliens he has met and says his last encounter was this year while he was driving home from Sainsbury's. Yay! Whitby Mayor John Freeman said, Councillors are entitled to their own beliefs. We are a non-political council. Simon is a very able and effective councillor and completely bonkers. 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chiltern Railway delays of up to 15 minutes are possible between Princes Risborough and Marylebone. This is because of a problem with the line side equipment at High Wycombe. 
Unfortunately, no estimate for when they'll get things sorted through there, so delays of up to 15 minutes for the moment. The A1, it's looking slow still at the Black Cat roundabout, and it eases up then through Sandy and Biggleswake before slowing down the A1M, with heavy traffic between Junction 8 at Hitchin and 7 at Stevenage. The A509 in Olney, slow moving on the southbound side at Spring Lane. It's because of roadworks. Temporary traffic lights are up around there, and it means traffic down toward Milton Keynes is looking busy. M25 anti-clockwise, you've still got delays from Chorleywood at Junction 18, round to the M4 at Junction 15 and looking at the A10 there are delays as you come in through Chesant toward the M25 Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you very much Adam Right, it's 8.46, it's Wednesday the 19th of June, I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio 156 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley in just 16 days and that figure is up on last year Pupils at a Hertfordshire school <coughs> excuse me, are being offered counselling after the deaths of two teenagers who were hit by a train on Monday night. In sport, the FA has confirmed the England under-21 coach Stuart Pearce won't be offered a new contract when his ends this month. Coming up, drink driving. Should it be a zero-tolerance policy? 08459 455 555. We'll talk about that and maybe a bit more after the latest weather with Wendy Hurrell. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning for us all. It's a warm and humid start to the day. 18 degrees at Luton Airport at the moment, underneath some hazy brightness. That means we're always going to be at the risk of seeing some showers crop up, and where you do, they could be heavy and sundry. At the moment, they're a long way from us. They're out in the North Sea, but there has been some really quite interesting thundery activity from them. So at the risk of one of those, but largely today it will be dry with that hazy sunshine, and it could be the warmest day of the year. It looks like we'll get up to 25 or 20 six degrees celsius and the odd place might get even higher than that throughout this evening and overnight again there's that shower risk don't be surprised if you get woken up by a rumble of thunder and some pelting rain and i'm afraid there is going to be yet more of that through the early hours of tomorrow morning temperatures 13 to 15 degrees celsius and so it will be a pretty sultry night so one or two of these showers creeping further inland across our part of the world throughout the tomorrow morning especially the thinking is at the moment it's going to be slightly drier and brighter for the afternoon but you'll certainly notice a difference in the fresh Freshness, it will feel a lot cooler. Temperatures reaching 18 or 19 degrees Celsius. A generally fine day on Friday, perhaps with one or two light showers. But for the weekend, showers are longer spells of rain, windy and cool. I don't want to talk any more about that. At the moment, that's how the weather's looking. Thank you very much, Wendy. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. The bosses of a Milton Keynes lorry driver who died after falling asleep at the wheel have been found guilty of manslaughter with the best local news stories. At the moment, Christmas in Luton is at risk. We'll do our best. We'll work with the business community and other sponsors to fund the Christmas lights. The best local travel. Multi-vehicle crash on the M1 northbound just as you come from the M25. It's going to get busy. Three cars involved with the best local talking points. Because I was born female, that was my first sin, if you like, and I don't think I've ever been forgiven for it. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, we've... Oh, I turned my fader down as I was talking. That was weird, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, Steve has posted on Facebook, we have a shiwi in the car. Mm. After my wife was caught short in a traffic jam. She's used it several times with great success. I'm glad it was successful, Steve. However, her advice would be not use it by opening your flies and weeing like a man with it protruding. It's, uh, it involves much spillage. 
How long can I stay in this job, do you think? Seriously. I mean, really. I'll give it another month. Is it time for a zero policy, zero tolerance policy on drinking and driving? It appears again that drink drive campaigns just aren't working. 156 people have been arrested for drink driving in the Thames Valley in just 16 days. And the figure is up on last year. 156 people in 16 days. It seems obvious to me. Zero tolerance. 20 milligrams. That would cover uh, mouthwash or food with a bit of booze in. That would be fine. But it... It's not such a great hardship to not have a glass of wine before you go for a drive. To not, it's not, JVS nodding, furiously shaking his fist at me through the glass. It's not a great hardship. It's not a great hardship not to have that pint of lager before, before you go. It's not. You'll survive. Well, Justin Dealey has been out and about. Justin, what's the, the main vibe you've been picking up from people? Well, can I just say, to come, I've got some very exciting transport news. Oh. I'm teasing you on this one. Oh. Uh, that's to come. Uh, personally, I probably have one pint very, very occasionally, but I have been up to Toddington Services. I've been asking motorists there whether they would welcome a zero-tolerance policy, and this is what they had to say. Dave, you're somebody in favour of zero-tolerance. Can you tell us why? Because everybody reacts different to alcohol. Uh, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I could have a pint and be okay. You could have a pint and fail. Uh, your reaction time's totally different. It's just one of those things. So if we have a zero tolerance, you think it will make the roads a much safer place to be? Uh, possibly. There's a lot of other things out yeah. there apart from alcohol. Would it help? Uh, though? certainly helped. It, oh, it, it definitely help, I would think. Ian, do you think we should have a, a zero tolerance to drink driving in this country? Not even one pint or one glass of wine? What do you think? Yes. I, no, I believe oh, so everyone should have um, a chance of, you know, one pint and drive, drive home comfortably without uh, being afraid of being drunk. I don't think you would be under one pint. So when you go out, you would have, what, one pint then drive home? Yeah. No, you feel absolutely fine? Absolutely. Absolutely. And a final word for yourself, sir. Um, you support zero tolerance. Um, can you tell us why? Uh, I support zero tolerance because I'm a teetotaler. I don't drink at all. Mm-hmm. So you'd like the roads to be free of anybody having Absolutely. any alcohol? Absolutely. I mean, I, if you're driving a car, why do you possibly need to be drinking alcohol as well? Not even one? Not even one. There's no consideration for anybody else on the road. Even if you've drunk one drink, your ability to drive is impaired. Exactly, Justin. Even if you've had one drink, you don't need to. There's no great hardship. No, I think a lot of people, I think I, I would probably go along with this as well. I think if you're going to go to uh, to a pub or you're going to go to a restaurant, you're either going there and you are going to be drinking and getting a, a taxi home or walking home, but you can't really do both. I mean, the other week I did have one pint of lager, and I'm not breaking the law by doing that, but, but certainly when I was behind the wheel of the car, you do feel a difference, yes. even after just one pint of lager. You definitely feel it. Now, Justin, I'm going to come back to you in a second. You say you've got some exciting oh, news yes. for us. I'll stay there. I'll be with you in a couple of minutes. Whoa, there's a tease. For those who are thinking, oh, it's, it's nearly nine o'clock. It's nearly time for Homes Under the Hammer. I better switch off and warm the television set up. No, don't. No, 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 don't. Stick, stick around. Uh, Steve's on the N25. Morning, Steve. Hi, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm OK, thank you. What's, what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things you spoke about earlier was soft drinks being more expensive. Um, you know, sometimes than an alcoholic drink. Um, I think what we should start to do is is look at the way the Americans do this, which is soft drinks um, from the pump, not from obviously a can or a bottle, are refilled for free automatically in most restaurants, stroke bars. And why the licensees, etc., can't do this, I just do not know. Because 
it's all made from a syrup, which is, you know, very cheap. Um, and then they've just got to add a soda to to that to actually make it into a Coke or a lemonade or whatever it may be. And that costs between 8 and 10 pence for a half pint. So it does... God, it, uh, you're right. It does make it does make perfect sense to uh, um, uh, to to do that. I'm being asked to ask you, how do you know this? Yeah, I I was actually very close to buying a pub and looked oh. into all the costs oh. um, for that. So um, that that's how I know. Okay, well, Steve, thank you very much indeed. So that it, it, it makes perfect sense. You're right. That was a good conversation uh, continuer. Oh eight five nine. I do it because I care. I do it because. I care. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Probably m- not much time to give me a call, but uh, after nine o'clock, forget Homes Under the Hammer. Sky Plus it. Radio gets really good at nine o'clock um, on some stations. Uh, we have JVS. He's asking. It's a joke. It's a joke. Do you think it's okay to have one drink before driving? There was an excellent thing. Was it yesterday uh, that Jonathan had um, Frank Bruno's daughter on? Was that yesterday? Was it the day before? That was brilliant. That was brilliant. We're using that in the advert for. Um, the BBC iPlayer. That was a cracking listen. I even cho- I even got out of range of uh, BBC Three Counties. I had to tune in on medium wave. Medium wave! 6.06, I think it is, or 6.3, something like that, uh, to listen to it. That was a wonderful listen. Always worth listening. Now, back to Justin Dealey, who's an adequate listen. Justin. Thank you, Ian. You're welcome. You all right today? Yeah, good. Why? Yeah, she-wees and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> you, you feeling well? <laughs> I'm feeling very well. What's Lack your problem? Lack sleep last night, was it? I slept very well last uh, night, Justin. This is the problem. So we've got two people in the building yes. that have had too much sleep. Yeah. You and Sophie Solaria, oh. who works on the JBS programme, yeah. both acting very, very weirdly today. But so, anyway. Weird? Uh, yes, yeah, very, very weird. Yes. Yes, go on. Coming in, talking about she Yes. It's, you know, big international news. But so I have some very exciting transport news, Ian. OK, here comes Justin. He's criticised yeah. me. Let's hear his big international <laughs> news, shall we? Here we go. Last week, we were talking about cycle paths and, and how were. much they cost yeah. and, and the government trying to encourage more people to, to use their bikes. And we were abused, weren't we, by some oh. cyclists who were getting a little aggressive with us, saying... You're coming up with the, the, the same old arguments. You don't know what it's like to be on a bike on our road. We got a lot of abuse from people who thought we were going to take the standard argument about cycles and uh, and also, yes, the accusation, you don't know what it's like. You're drivers. You don't understand. Which, forgive me if I'm wrong, didn't actually come up. No. But, um, so we put it out there. OK, you're saying this to us. We want to go out. Yeah. We want to, to take a bike on the roads to find out what you experience day in, day this out. This is what so, we do here at BBC yeah. Three Counties. We don't just report the news. We are the news. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh So uh, we put out a message last Friday saying, has anybody got a tandem? Because we want to do this together, both you and I, on the road somewhere in Bedside. I want to do it on the road with you. Yes, exactly. So a local charity then phoned in saying, "Okay, you can borrow our tandem. I've just made a phone call ten minutes ago. That tandem has been confirmed. It will be in place today at ten o'clock for us to borrow. And we shall be going out on the road somewhere in Luton on a tandem to find out what it's really like for cycling. And for people who say we don't take these kind of so- stories seriously, mm. excuse me, Justin <laughs> Dealey and I are going to be riding a tandem together. Exactly. How is that not taking cycling seriously? We are taking the news onto the streets.
Yeah, we go, you see. It's, it, it's, it's going to be exciting, and mm. we're going to have a member of our team running beside us recording it as well. <laughs> Looking forward. Who's, who's, who's the back and who's the front? Um, you're going to be on the front. Right. I'm going to be on the back, and uh, I think David Prever has been phoned uh, just in case things go wrong, okay. and David can stand in tomorrow. Hopefully, uh, we're still going to be alive come 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. And I guess if you can't make your show on Saturday, they'll just leave, leave the radio dead for three hours, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Justin, I'll speak to you later on. Ta-ta. Uh, and uh, really is, we really are making new stories here at BBC. BBC Three Counties Radio. We don't just report the news, we we make the news, and sometimes we report the news, and then we get in the news and wear it like a suit, like that man wore in that um, film where he made a suit out of people. Not quite. It's not quite like that, but you know what I'm I'm I'm, I'm talking about. Anyway, it, uh, moving on. Uh, Esther and Luton called in to talk about something serious. Uh, I threw shewees at her. Uh, she'd never used one. She's going to buy one. She's going to try one for us. You won't hear that anywhere else. Probably with good reason, but... If you've got a story you think we should be talking about on this show, do send me an email, ian.lee, I-A-I-N, dot L-double-E at bbc.co.uk. You can also get in touch if you're an interesting or vaguely unusual musical act that wants to take part on the show on a Friday morning. Send me an email, a little description, maybe a a YouTube uh, link... And uh, we'll, we'll get you on this Friday, a violin duo. Classy. I think the current... You know, any- oh, that's not classy. This is... Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chilton reporting delays of up to 15 minutes. Prince's Risborough through to Marlborough because of a problem with line-side equipment at High Wycombe. On the roads, it's still slow at the Black Cat roundabout. The A1 is looking rather busy round there. The A1M is heavy from Hitchin to Stevenage. And then into London on the A1, you'll find queues through Boreham Wood still from Stirling Corner down to Mill Hill Circus. Delays in Olney, the A509 Western Road on the southbound side. There are some temporary traffic lights up for roadworks and they're causing long delays. The M1 southbound, that's queuing from the Newport Packle Service toward Milton Keynes at Junction 14 and the A509. Anti-clockwise M25 is slow from Chorleywood to the M4, taking about 40 minutes through the traffic there. And on the approach to the M25 down the A41 through Watford, there's queuing traffic coming down toward Junction 20. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. Right, that's it. That's your lot. Back tomorrow. It's Thursday tomorrow. That's exciting. No reason why, but back tomorrow at six. Do stick around for Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Excellent radio coming up. Till tomorrow from me. Ta-ta. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday and on today's big phone-in, do you think it's okay to have one drink before driving?